Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, a podcast with one host about one console, Xbox. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about the latest Xbox news for the week of April 27th, 2023, including... The CMA deals a big blow to the Microsoft Activision deal. Microsoft posts their quarterly earnings for Xbox. A mystery sequel to an Xbox IP is in development and more. On this day in Xbox history, in the year 2010, 13 years ago, Dead to Rights Retribution released for the Xbox 360. I uh, This is like a name I'm very familiar with, but a game I'm very unfamiliar with. Capcom developed third-person action shooter. I, I actually know it mostly because it's kind of like hated, but I don't know. The box art stands out and... I just remember this being a, I just, I feel like this is a game I've heard brought up a lot by like YouTube channels and, and things like that, but no one ever played this game, right? Like, I don't, I don't know anyone who played Dead to Rights Retribution. Guys, if you are one of the people who played Dead to Rights Retribution, please raise your hands, stand up, come to the front and center. Let me, let us know who you are. According to Moby Games, where I pull my information for this segment every week, uh, only, uh, 19 players have collected data on this game on MobyGames.com, and it is ranked as the 1,032nd, 1,032nd best game on Xbox. Well, I don't know if that means best, but maybe it's like most played or something, uh, but it's ranked as 1,032nd on Xbox 360. I hope Sonic Unleashed is... Actually, let's find out. Is Sonic Unleashed ranked higher? Damn it. Sonic Unleashed is ranked lower. Sonic Unleashed is 1,129. Oh my god. Sonic Unleashed, how are you at 100 behind? What is happening here? God. Okay. Uh, but they've collected a lot more player data, so suck it, Dead to Rights. Anyway, guys, welcome to episode 204 of the Xbox On podcast. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you here. Hope you're doing well. Anyway, guys, let's let's start this week's podcast by talking about some uh, newly released, the new game releases of the week worth noting. You know, there's so 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 much happening this year with gaming. We just gotta say, you know, what what is the big game of the week? Since there's always something new to be playing, and this week. I think a pretty big one. Probably this is probably the second biggest game that's come out this year, right? Aside from Hogwarts Legacy, or most notable, just in terms of like how many people are going to stop what they're doing and pay attention to this game, and that is a uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor comes out on Xbox Series S and X and PC this Friday, the twenty eighth. So at the time this podcast is going live, we're one day away from the release. Yeah, that's right. You know how to go into your Xbox settings and switch the time zone over to New Zealand so you can play a little early. I know how you guys do, scallywags. But uh, yeah, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I played the first one, uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight, and I liked the game quite a bit. I like I like Cal Kestis. I think he's a cool character. I, I love um, Respawn. They're one of my favorite developers, so it was really cool that they got to try their hand at a Star Wars game, but... I gotta be honest. I I played through Star Wars Jedi uh, Knight or what is is it Jedi? No, it's not Jedi Knight. What is it? Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Knight is a different Star Wars game. <laughs> Fallen Order, uh, right? That's what it's called. Fucking I don't. Who gives a shit? I played through that game and I. It's a beautiful game. It's got a good cast of characters. It's got great cutscenes, cool story beats, uh, good set pieces. I don't know what it was, but something about that game. It just like it. It didn't. It didn't grab me. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I, I can recognize it as a good game, but 
it just didn't it's nothing that like stuck with me i was like okay i played that check moving on with life um and i never really thought about it again after that so i don't know with that said i i ended up deciding i was going to pass on, on on jedi survivor maybe one day i'll come come around to it you know maybe if it's just like i'm in the mood or something or it's an ea play and, and i'm like why not let's give it a go but I have no desire to jump into this game, and it makes me feel like I'm missing out a little bit because I know this is going to be the talk of the town for a minute. But let's be honest, with rare exception, you know, like Halo or something like that. When it, when is it not the case that I, it's like the new hot game is out, everyone's loving it, and I'm over here in the corner like, guys, guys, have you played Tinykin yet? Uh, so whatever, I guess that's just how it goes. But I know people are really excited about this game. It's scoring great. It's, I think it's got like a high eight on Metacritic right now. It's getting like nines and tens everywhere. So five star reviews, things like that. So I'm sure it's a wonderful, wonderful game. And I'm sure if you are a fan of the first game, looking forward to this game, you probably have uh, nothing, nothing but uh, you know nothing but excitement and fun and joy and pleasure around the corner for you as we. Uh, head into launch weekend for that game but that's the big notable release this week if you're like me and you're not playing that game you're probably looking around saying well what else can i play this week well boy oh boy hold your horses we'll get there later we'll talk about the games i've been playing and all that stuff later you can write in there's a comment section okay this isn't where we do all that i need you to stop trying to rush the order of operations otherwise i will have to uh terminate your existence as for Activision updates this week, we're going to put a big old pause on that because this week we we have a, a big, substantial Activision update. You probably already know what I'm talking about. So we're going to put that on hold and save that for the main news segment. Uh, it's only one story we're going to talk about, but it's a big one. And uh, like I said, you probably absolutely already know what I'm talking about. So no reason to be secretive about it, but fuck you. This is for the theatrics of it. We're going to pretend it's a big mystery. All right. With that said, we move on to our corrections, stories of mild amusements, updates, things of that nature. So we're starting with an update. Last week, we briefly uh, mentioned at the end of the show how Cliff Blazinski, the, the godfather of the Gears of War franchise, uh, old, old uh, veteran behind, I don't know, Unreal, Epic Games, Unreal Tournament, Gears of War, even worked on Fortnite a little bit before the game even came out, but kind of left the company around that time in, in the company's development history. So pretty, pretty notable veteran of the industry, pretty important guy, was teasing... Uh, something related to the last game he ever made, Lawbreakers, before he more or less kind of retired from the from the industry. And I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek about him being like an old veteran because Cliffy B, he's not an old man by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, I don't know much about him. I think he's in his middle-aged years. So not an old guy by any means, but he has kind of stepped back from the industry after he left Epic around the time Fortnite was being developed. He went on to do his own thing, and uh, his new team started or created a game called Lawbreakers, which was uh, kind of like a hero shooter, arena shooter. It's, it looks kind of like Overwatch meets Unreal Tournament in a way, uh, with some really crazy, floaty, jumpy movements and physics stuff. And I never played this game. I always thought it looked cool, just never got around to giving it a try. And most of the world didn't really pay attention to it, despite the fact that the game reviewed really, really well. It was kind of a commercial flop. And so the game came out in 2017, was out for like a year or two, and then they pulled the plug on the servers and basically ended. And it's kind of an unfortunate situation because it's become one of those things in, in hindsight where, you know, now it's been a few years, people are like, oh, remember Lawbreakers? That game was kind of cool. It's too bad that game shut down, you know? So, you know, isn't that the way it always goes? Uh, shout out to Arrested Development. They never got a proper season four. And no, Netflix's version doesn't count. Yeah, but anyway, Cliff Blazinski last week was teasing 
how he's like, hey, stay tuned for news related to lawbreakers, blah, blah, blah. Well, it looks like uh, we have an update on that story where he he's received some information about the IP from his lawyer. Uh, in a follow-up tweet, uh, the former Gears Award designer has now revealed that he's discovered that the lawbreakers IP is still owned by Nexon and called he called on the company's CEO to speak uh, with him about it. Clarifying the intentions in further tweets, Blazinski said that he wasn't he wasn't interested in actively creating any new games, but he is willing to consult on potential on a potential revival of the game. So it looks like he wants to maybe in some way, shape, or form bring the game back, which I think is fucking awesome. Honestly, even if it was just like only available on Steam and kind of deal like that, where you just have minimal server maintenance and not much else going on, it'd be really cool to bring this game back in some capacity just so people could experience it because that is like one of the the big issues especially with multiplayer only games it's like once they're gone they're fucking gone you know it's like what do you what do you do um so it's 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 good that he wants to try and revive this game somehow i hope this manages to happen because i would like to finally give this game its fair shake but until then this game is not accessible by any stretch of the imagination you cannot play this game anymore so cool little update there we'll continue to keep an eye out on that because i feel like this is a game that had it had the right coverage and eyes and uh, on it and the right the right word of mouth going on around it's uh the time it came out i feel like this could have been a popular game i feel like this is a game that would really resonate with the xbox audience i mean fucking arena shooters you know blending together things like overwatch and unreal tournament that's that sounds like something for the pc slash xbox type xbox type market so i don't know i just feel like uh it's kind of a relevant game to mention here and I'm I'm secretly not well not secretly I'm I'm quietly over here you know rooting for Mr. Blazinski and hoping this game does make a comeback in some some way shape or form but just wanted to throw that out there as an update but we got a bunch of other more directly Xbox related updates to discuss one of them being Dead Island 2 the game that released last week has already topped a million dollar sorry a million sales a million copies sold in three days on the market according to Deep Silver the publisher almost after a decade from its reveal Dead Island 2 was released last week for Xbox consoles one and series consoles as well as PC and a major press release on and during a major press release this past week Deep Silver had celebrated the 1 million sold milestone so this is obviously a huge accomplishment for a kind of double a game like this you know a game that definitely has some cachet people know dead island it was really relevant when the first one came out back in the day but you know this isn't any like triple a like oh my god stop what you're doing dead island 2 is coming out kind of fair and also the game was just in development hell for so long so the fact that it was able to somehow make its way out the door uh, and and be pretty robust complete and polished experience you know by most metrics um and not only that but really impress audiences and be able to garner attention and sell a million copies that's a cool it's a cool accomplishment because no doubt dead island 2 is a game that everyone who's ever had a video game youtube channel podcast website blog whatever uh no doubt this is a game everyone's been calling vaporware saying they should just cancel it or come on we already have dying light do we really need a dying light 2 and oh my god they're switching developers for how, how many times has it been you know no doubt that's been the conversation around this game and i've absolutely contributed to that kind of attitude by by reflecting those kinds of sentiments every time this game's come up in the in the show over the past few years but i gotta say this is a really cool story it makes me happy for deep silver and for the multiple developers that worked on it. I think Dan Buster was the one that ended up getting out the door. Um, the guys behind Homefront: The Revolution, and just like you know, happy for all these guys that they're able to kind of have that, you know, like patience, patience. We will get this game out, and it will be good. We'll we'll show to them that it's 
it's going to be a good game. And they were right. You know, it's, it seems like Dead Island 2 is really pleasing people and really satisfying people's uh, itch for some zombie gory action um, gaming and some quasi open world type first person environment. And uh, I, th I think that's great. I think it's just great that this game is kind of defying the expectations, defying the narrative that was set long ago for it and being what seems to be a better version of uh, Dead Island than even the first one was, from what I can tell as an outsider looking in. I, I hate Dead Island 1 just so, so, so much. Um, and uh, I like Dying Light a lot, but I really hate Dead Island so much that I am not... I'm not gonna give this game a try uh, at, at full price at launch because I just I just don't trust that it will be for me. Although I, I understand it's not Techland who made this uh, one; it's a totally different studio. It's just the same name with a kind of different game around it. But still, I just I'm not I'm not gonna risk my money on this one. I feel like this is a game I gotta wait for a sale. This is maybe like a thirty dollar game for me. So I, I do plan on trying Dead Island two sometime in the future, but. Man, if it's if it really tries to capture the spirit of the first game at all, I, it just wouldn't work for me. So I'm gonna wait it out because I, 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 I mean, this, I don't know how else to say. It. It's like I loathe Dead Island One. I think Dead Island One is such an overrated, atrocious, crappy game. But maybe that's because I didn't try it for the first time until it was like seven or eight years old. Uh, maybe it just didn't age very well. But nonetheless. Shout out to um, Deep Silver, shout out to Dan Buster, and shout out to the many other developers. What is it? I forget their name. Fucking something German. Jaeger and Sumo, I think. Sumo Digital. I think those are the other two teams that at some point were working on this game. And then and then Dan Buster were the ones that finally got it out the door. So it's crazy, crazy history behind Dead Island 2. But I don't know, it's, isn't it nice to have like a positive feel-good story for once? I feel like the news has been so negative lately. It's, it's nice to just be like, hey, remember that game we all thought was going to suck? Turns out it's pretty good and it's selling well good for them anyway let's talk about death loop speaking of games that didn't sell well that uh were commercial uh critically acclaimed uh vgc relays that death loop was uh this is according uh, according to some reporting at rock paper Sh uh, shotgun death loop was born out of bethesda's uncertainty over whether or not he wanted dishonored 3 according to developer arcane studios founder rafael colantonio Speaking to Rock Paper Shotgun, uh, Cole Antonio said that Bethesda asked Arcane to pitch a smaller, more experimental project that would keep the studio busy while its parent company made up its mind about the developer's next major game. Quote, Bethesda wanted us to do something bigger. Something, sorry, Bethesda wanted us to do something. They didn't quite know what we were going to do uh, after Dishonored. Do we do Dishonored 3? I don't know. Let's make something simple and short before. Let's see. And then Deathloop became this big thing over the years. That was the funny thing. Now, we don't want to do Dishonored 3, but if you can pitch us a small game, something that maybe has multiplayer so we can learn multiplayer, something that maybe has microtransactions, something that maybe has a lot of recycling, like a roguelike, so that's kind of a little bit of the story of how, uh, Dis uh, not Dishonored 3, but Deathloop, rather, kind of came to be. It's funny because uh, even though, I, I get it, because if you, if you go back in time to when Dishonored 2 came out, it was one of those stories where it's kind of like Beyond Good and Evil where everyone was just like, oh my god, they're going to they're gonna do a sequel to this game. Oh my god, I didn't think they'd do a sequel because the first one was so great but it just didn't really get enough attention. And then Dishonored 2 finally came out and it was like, wow, this game is... Uh, Really not selling well at all. I remember at the time, it was like no secret whatsoever. Bethesda was like, yeah, this game is not really moving copies, moving units at all. But, you know, it was doing great critically. Apparently, it's a great game. Everyone loved it who did play it, you know. Um, so I guess I, I can understand how that kind of, you know, 
two times with Dishonored might might make them go, okay, clearly you guys know how to reach out to critics and create something that resonates with, with hardcore gamers, but we need you to create something that has some more mainstream appeal. So it's funny that we know that that's how that's how Deathloop kind of came to be because, I mean, Arcane has said in the past, not too, not too long ago, that Deathloop is even technically part of the Dishonored universe, although it's kind of loosely part of it. Um, and then we also know, you know, anyone's ever played Deathloop and Dishonored knows that there's a lot of DNA shared between the two projects. So that's not surprising all that much. It also kind of explains a lot of like where this developer's been lately because no doubt Deathloop is a smaller game. But, um, you know, it's like they were working on Deathloop. They were working on that Wolfenstein Youngblood game um, that came out a few years ago. Um, and then in the background, they were slowly working on getting greenlit their next big project. And you kind of look at where we are today and we can clearly see that it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's Redfall. You know, that's their big multiplayer, mass marketable, appealing kind of game. And it's funny because Kronky always complains about this. He's always like, oh, I love Arcane. Now they're selling out to the masses by making this uh, this big game. Well, I think this is our story. I think we know what kind of happened based on based on this uh, this report. Is that um, yeah? It looks like Bethesda was like, "Hey, we love Dishonored, but it doesn't sell, so we need to work on something that's a little more mainstream marketable." And you know what? It, it has to work to some extent because even though I think Dishonored and Deathloop, and I've played both of these games a little bit each, um, are cool games, and there's things I like about them, they don't really work for me. They don't really scratch the needle for me. Although I think I would like Deathloop more if I stuck with it. I I will get back to Deathloop someday. I I, I do think I'll, that's a game I would like to see through the end. But regardless of that, you know, it's like for sure, Redfall is the first game to come out of Arcane that's like really, really speaking to me. And I think you know, I got to be honest about who I am. I can't can't sit here and try to be all cool. Like yeah, I, fuck it. I like Call of Duty and Halo and Sonic the Hedgehog. Like I definitely like some more like surface level mainstream type you know mass marketable kind of games there's no doubt about that so the fact that redfall has brought me from like arcane who to like oh my god arcane their new game redfall i gotta play it uh clearly speaks to the uh the, the attempt to try and reach that market and try to create that kind of product so definitely seems like that's what we're kind of getting with redfall and i mean we're oof, we're days away from finding out if it pans out guys at the time i'm recording this we are Less than a week away from Redfall's release date. And I want to make that clear. We are less than a week away from Redfall's release date, which means this game is not getting delayed. Uh, as of the time this podcast goes live, we are, what is that, like five, six days away from the release of Redfall? I, I can't think of the last time a uh, a game got delayed, you know, five days before release. So it looks like Redfall is going to come out day and date as initially planned. Uh, but not uh, get its delay that it deserves because why the fuck is it running at 30 FPS on the quote-unquote world's most powerful console? Phil, Phil Spencer, please step up to the plate. Explain yourself. Don't ever talk to me about teraflops again if you can't get your fucking first-party games running at 60 FPS. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I, I just thought that was a cool little anecdotal story. Kind of add some texture and context to... A developer we've been getting more familiar with as we uh, as we kind of retroactively become hardcore fans of Arcane now that they are part of the Xbox first party and of course as not we're not console warriors you know we're not fanboys we just happen to coincidentally love everything that Microsoft creates and or buys so in this case Arcane so yeah cool story just thought it was a fun little one to share all right next up last one before we get into the rest of the show. Sega of America workers are trying to form a union. This is from Windows Central. Employees at Sega of America shared open, uh, sorry, shared on Monday that they are forming a Allied Employees Guild Improving Sega Aegis Union. 
Uh, the workers, a supermajority of those employed by Japanese publisher Sega of America's offices in Irvine, California, come from Sega's localization and quality assurance QA departments and are asking for better pay, more ways to grow in their careers, and end and an end to being understaffed and overworked for improved benefits. Let me just stop there. Pay attention to this repeated thing we're seeing with this uh, with this uh, move towards unionization in the games industry, where it's the QA department. QA department. All right. Quote, as employees at Sega, our goal is to create high quality games and cross media experiences for our wide devoted fan base. Our lack of control over our own working conditions has greatly hampered our goal. This work, uh, the, the workers explained via the ages of Twitter account in the statement of delivering the best quality products for our fans. We want to make sure that we have the opportunity to make decisions that impact our working conditions End quote. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like we're, we're you know, just want to kind of shut this out because, first of all, I just want to say, this isn't a pro or anti-union um, sentiment I'm trying to share here uh, because, I'll be quite honest, I've never worked for a company that has a union. Uh, I don't come from, like, a union family, so I don't have a lot of history or experience or exposure to unions. I have met many people. I know that, in general, the sentiment is very much either, like, yeah, fuck yeah, unions, or very much, oh, fuck unions. I know there's a very strong sentiment, especially in this country of the USA, towards uh, unions, but I will say, I will say this. I am always, this isn't pro-union or anti-union. This is, I am always pro-giving workers power and a voice. And that's not communist for all the people who say it's communist or whatever the fuck that even means anymore. Just, you know, as someone who is a cog in the machine, works in the big system as like just, uh, you know, a number in this whole system of people just trying to pay their bills and survive, you know, just being kind of a grunt worker. I gotta say, I'm always gonna back up and, you know, whether it makes sense or it doesn't make sense or it sounds like they're in over their heads or, or, or maybe they're asking too much, whatever the case may be, I'm always going to respect and champion on it from the sidelines, you know, a group of people coming together and say, hey, as the people in the trenches doing this job, this is what we feel like we don't have. This is what we feel like we need. And this is what we feel like is holding us back from being, you know, better at our jobs or having opportunity or just being happier and more fulfilled in life. At the end of the day, entertainment economies, jobs, the whole, all the markets and everything means fucking nothing if the people are miserable. So again, I'm not saying I have experience proving that unions are good or bad or whatever, but I am saying always gonna, always gonna give, uh, you know, some respect and support to people who are trying to empower themselves, empower their office and try to speak up for themselves, try to fight for a better life, more opportunity, um, a better work-life balance. God knows the whole fucking world. It, yeah, I won't even get into it. I've been I've been like reading so so much like like futurism kind of like shit lately and I just I so, so much like the stuff that drives me nuts is like all these kinds of studies about like how as technology uh, advances exponentially the amount of work we should do should just decrease dramatically because productivity just exponentially increases and how it's like the work week is never shortening and I'm just thinking about how like so many people work 6 day work weeks 50 60 hour work weeks I'm like what what the fuck is going on man <laughs> At some point, we need time to sit at home and play Redfall, man. Don't advertise that your game's got 200 hours worth of things to explore and checkboxes to tick. If you if you if you're not even give your employees enough time off to sit on their fat asses, eat Cheetos hot puffs and whatever they're called, and fucking play Redfall or Starfield or whatever other game needs a delay that you're not going to delay because you want to rush out the door. Uh, all right, that's a lot of non sequiturs, a lot of nonsense actually. Uh, 
Just want to just give that shout out to Sega of America. Oh, also, I did want to put this little side note out there because I thought this was pretty funny. Um, it's been a consistent story, a reoccurring story we're seeing come out of a lot of Japanese developers over the past, I'd say, really two years as the economy's kind of started globally turning to dog shit. And, you know, the, the we're starting to feel the effects of um, rich, greedy people kind of force working class people into poverty in an attempt to kind of make excuses for COVID and try to, you know, just be rich greedy evil assholes anyway i just find it incredibly funny that you look over in japan and like capcom square enix all these japanese publishers and developers are like yeah so the economy is getting rough and inflation's getting bad so because gaming's doing so well and we're making great profits just you know amidst this rough time for everyone else uh we've decided to raise the uh starting salaries of all of our employees by 30 percent like that's a common trend we're seeing in japan and of course you never see anything like that in america um the, the hope is that people make less money here but I just think it's kind of funny. It's like Sega of America, an American division of a vehemently authentic history Japanese company, is like, yeah, uh, over in Japan, our uh, our coworkers are getting pay raises that they didn't even ask for, just to kind of keep up with inflation and to show appreciation and respect to your work staff. But over in our American division here in Irvine, California, you know, our QA guys are basically having to fight for their lives for a goddamn chance at maybe like a 40 hour work week and an opportunity to one day maybe get a promotion so man isn't that isn't that funny isn't that so funny doesn't that make you want to laugh that's not that's not concerning at all that's just funny to me ha 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 all right guys that's it for all of our opening stories uh if you're if you're still left here you're not calling me a stupid bernie sanders socialist communist venezuelan you're still sticking around you're still there you're saying listen i don't i don't know anything about government or politics neither do you jesse but i am here to bleed green with besides you my brother okay well, thanks for still being here let's uh let's transition out of our opening stories because we've got some juicy main stories to talk about in the news but you know how we go i don't like to i don't like to go upstairs you know, on the first date, so to speak. I'm not going to let you in my house on the first date. After the first date, you stupid, you stupid whore. You man whore, really, honestly. You're, you're a man whore. Uh, no, rather, I like, to, I like to tease. I like to meander about. I like to enjoy myself and get there slowly. So we're going to talk about the big news. But first, I'm going to talk about the games I've been playing this week. But before I can even do that, i got to tell you about what I've been eating. All right. Rewind December 2022. We're doing our wrap-up year-end show, and I invite my friend Hunter on the on the podcast. You guys remember Hunter? If you if you were listening in December 22, you might know who Hunter is. He came on the show. We talked about our favorite games we played for the year, okay? Fast forward to April 2023. This motherfucker has got me tied up, hog-tied in the back of his car. He's driving me all the way to what this place he calls the Fat Shack. I'm under the impression that I'm about to be fucking, you know, force fed and then and then and then deep fried alive or some shit like that. He's taking me all the way to the Fat Shack. I don't know what's happening, guys. I got. I'm, I'm here to tell you about the Fat Shack. Unfortunately, or, or fortunately, I should say, I, I I am here. I'm not. I'm, I wasn't force fed, deep fat fried, whatever English. But uh, what, what, what rather happened is Hunter took me over to the Fat Shack. It is a um, it's a restaurant. Uh, it's apparently f- featured on some stupid. You know, like all those travel channel bullshit shows where they're just like, places guaranteed to give you heart failure in America, road trip number 475. Like this burger restaurant will, you know, inject uh, brain tumors into your into your into your milkshakes or whatever. This is it's one of those kinds of places where they take pride in being uh, the most shamelessly unhealthy, miserable place in the world. And, you know, they're better off for it. We're all better off for having have that option. That's that's true. Freedom in America. I know a lot of you Europeans probably don't have access to things like Fat Shack. So you're saying, Jesse, stop, stop being so vague. Stop being around the bush. Tell us, what is Fat Shack? What is this? Okay. 
So Fat Shack is the the love child of uh, you know of what you get when you let people from New Jersey emigrate to uh, immigrate to uh, Florida. And um, okay, so basically it's like sandwiches, right? It's like sandwiches, but then they put shit in it that doesn't belong in sandwiches. Okay, so it's like all right, I'll take a Philly cheesesteak. Okay, Philly cheesesteak, right? Some some chopped some chopped beef with some fucking onions and provolone and some fucking whatever you got in there, green peppers, maybe some mushrooms, a little mayo. Okay. Philly cheesesteak, right? No. The fat, shack do- the fat Shack doesn't stop there. They say, well, why can't we also put chicken tenders in your Philly cheesesteak? It's like, okay, I guess that's one thing you could do. Why not? And they're like, why can't we also put French fries in there? It's like, okay, you can do that. And like, We're also going to put barbecue sauce and uh, jalapeno poppers in there. It's like, all right, calm the fuck down. And that's that's the kind of thing that the Fat Shack will do. They will give you a, they will give you a sub sandwich, a hoagie sandwich, or whatever you want to call it. And they will do terrible things to it. They'll take a grilled cheese and be like, okay, here's your grilled cheese. Also, we slapped in there some honey mustard, um, some chicken tenders, uh, and some macaroni, uh, and uh, fucking you know, french fries and sour cream. or something. I don't know, whatever the hell they do. Three three blends of cheese and uh, fucking the side of fried cheesecake bites. I It's it's crazy. It's God's gift to the earth, but it's also like the last place you go before you die. It's amazing. I've been there now. Hunter took me there. He hogtied me just to get me there. I don't know why he would have done that. I would have gone so willingly, but this is how he thought it was best to get me over to said place. And uh, yeah, the Fat Shack has been completed. I don't even remember what all was on my, my sandwich. I'm pretty sure mine was a Philly cheesesteak with jalapeno poppers, chicken tenders, and french fries. So... Just to be freaking clear, like I've been, I've been a good boy. Okay, the girlfriend's out of town right now, visiting family. I'm eating fucking vegetables and salads and and like veggie straws and shit every day. Like I'm, I'm being a good boy. I'm drinking ten cups of water. I'm not messing around. I, I, I quit soda. You know, for right now I'm not even doing the zero sugar stuff. I'm being a good boy. Okay, so I earned a little bit of fat shack. I'm still down a couple pounds right now. Okay, so I'm going to give myself the benefit of the downside. I, you know, mom, if you're listening, yes, I had fat shack, but look at all the, the, the things I ate around the fat shack in the days leading up to and following the fat shack meal that commenced when Hunter hogtied me, threw me into the back of his Chevy Silverado and, and yeehawed me all the way down to the fat shack where, uh, where, where fat don't crack, you know, and that's, so that's what I've been eating. Between like the schizophrenic comments about the fat shack and the, uh, the, the commentary on, 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 on the, uh, whatever you want to call it on the, uh, union stuff. I mean, fuck you. We're never going to get to the story about, about Activision, Microsoft and the CMA. Are we? All right. That's it for what I've been eating. Let's get back into video game talk guys. Let's talk about what I've been playing. Cause it's been a little weird this week. Okay. Uh, I'm going to name three games and then we'll talk about them. Ghostwire Tokyo, Minecraft legends, splinter cell. All right. Ghostwire Tokyo. This is the second week I've talked about it. I, uh, I'm very upset that this is a game that is not clicking with me. This is the second week I've, I've had to talk about. Put another hour or two into the game. I'm really drawn to the setting, the aesthetic of the game. I really There's a lot of things about this game visually that I'm like, this is this is cool. I like this. And I, I like, you know, appropriate Japanese games from time to time. I love Yakuza. I played that Scarlet Nexus a few years ago. I love that game. But for some reason, Ghostwire Tokyo is just not grabbing me, man. I'm like two hours, two and a half, three hours in. I don't know. There have been some cool moments, but this game overall is just not grabbing me. There's these like, these sometimes these moments like where like reality starts like shifting and getting all funky and stuff, and you gotta like block away these spirits and these like weird foreign in, in dimensional objects and shit and like those moments are pretty cool and they're kind of fun like you run around like these obstacle course type environments trying to like get through shit and, and stop this weird hallucination and then i'm like okay that's cool 
But other than that, I'm like, I don't really get what I'm doing this game. I'm just kind of following a linear objective in an open world, which I'm cool with. But I don't really understand, like, what we're getting at. I don't understand the reason why we're doing what we're doing. I don't really get anything, honestly. And it's not to say, like, the story makes no sense. Because when there are cutscenes, I'm like, I'm picking up on what's happening. I'm like, this is kind of cool. But, like, the game's just not speaking to me. So I told myself this this week I will give this game one more try. It's got one more hour, one to two more hours to kind of hook me. And if it doesn't, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm sorry, Ghostwire Tokyo. This is a game I was really looking forward to since the day it was announced. But... It's, uh, it's not turning out to be my cup of tea. So that's Ghostwire Tokyo. Sad to say it. Second game I've been playing is Minecraft Legends. Minecraft Legends just came out last week. And uh, I've actually really been looking forward to this game as well. And I'm happy to report, at least in the case of Minecraft Legends. Sorry, Ghostwire Tokyo. Minecraft Legends is awesome. This game's really awesome. And I, I'm so confused as to what's going on with Minecraft Legends right now. The game came out. There was, like, no buzz, no chatter around it at all. New Xbox first-party game. I mean, it's multi-platform, but, you know, it's by a first-party with one of their... with Actually, Microsoft's biggest IP, let's be honest. Halo is a fucking husk of its former self at this point. Minecraft is still huge. So, you know, it's their biggest IP. It's a brand-new game. Um, it's in Game Pass. Like, I, I don't understand where the chatter is for Minecraft because I'm not, I'm not seeing it. But Minecraft Legends is fucking awesome dude it's it's so it's so cool because minecraft is the thing i've always appreciated and never really connected with and um through all these spin-off games they're making now they're they're creating ways for me to appreciate this this franchise um by creating games within genres that i actually resonate with so i loved minecraft dungeons when that came out a few years ago and now i'm here to say i love minecraft legends this game is fucking dope it's like a third person kind of like you control your main character kind of so it's a real-time strategy game so I love real-time strategy, but I'm not used to playing real-time strategy games like this. I'm not. That's not to say there aren't other games more similar to this, but I just never engage with anything like this, where you control your main character on horseback and you like run around the open world, and and you also still do other um, RTS-like operations from this unique perspective. So instead of like let's build a base here and fortify the base and then send our units to go attack the enemy, it's like you are the main character and you're running around. You can create structures to build units here and there and you can mine resources um, to build more units and upgrade things and do and do various things. But you're kind of mobile. You're kind of just doing everything as you move through the world and you're running around destroying enemy towers and stuff. And it's cool. You command your units. You're like, all right, you guys go, go mine some wood and some ore and you guys go attack this base and you guys try to defeat that tower and I'm going to go over here and assist my guys because you get an attack button as well. And, I, dude, I love this shit. And the only thing I can figure out with just, like, why, you know, this game is so cool and no one's talking about it is that I know real-time strategy is kind of a niche lost genre. Like, if you go back in time, back to when PC, like the earlier days of PC gaming, when console gaming was a little more rudimentary, I'm talking like the 90s, early 2000s, real-time strategy was a huge genre. It was a really big thing. I mean, we're talking about like old-school Warcraft before World of Warcraft. We're talking about fucking uh, uh, StarCraft and Command and & Conquer and games like this. Like, real-time strategy is the shit, and it was the shit. Uh, back in the day but it just seems to be such a niche genre that doesn't it just never evolved past a certain generation is what it feels like it feels like if you weren't if you weren't playing games in the 90s maybe the early 2000s you know if you're a younger gamer who didn't really get into gaming until maybe around the xbox 360 days or later um real-time strategy might be a genre that's just completely lost on on you and that that that's just kind of like 
how I I could be completely wrong about that, but that's just kind of how I read the room um, with with this genre because it feels like the genre is kind of dead even on PC where it was obviously born and flourished. Um, Real time strategy never really translated well to consoles until famously Xbox was kind of like, no fuck it, we're gonna make this work um, with Halo Wars um, because Halo Wars was fucking awesome and Halo Wars Two was also awesome and Minecraft Legends is Microsoft being like, let's do it again, let's do real time strategy on console again and guess what? It fucking works. Minecraft Legends rocks. Um, and there have been some other, you know, obviously, like, I, I used to play Command & Conquer on Xbox 360. I, it's been a long time. I don't know how well those games have aged on console. I know those games are still fucking awesome on PC, but I don't know how well those games have aged on console uh, exactly. But um, I, I just, I do know that um, it's a genre that just doesn't get a lot of support these days, doesn't get a lot of new, we don't get a lot of new games in that genre. Um, and I, I think what happened, my, the only thing I can guess is that real-time strategy kind of morphed into the MOBA genre and then that kind of took off but even MOBA is not as big as it was like a few years ago back like during the heyday of like League of Legends although I know League of Legends is still huge but I don't know I feel like real-time strategy kind of morphed into into MOBAs um and then that kind of died out too and I just I don't I just feels like there's no place for the genre so that's kind of the difference like Minecraft Dungeons did pretty well it's you know it's no Minecraft proper but it did very well um but that was like a dungeon crawler kind of dungeon light type experience uh, which is you know Diablo you think of something like Diablo like that is a popular genre that is a genre that does well but Minecraft Legends borrows from the real-time strategy genre and uh, I mean Xbox you could have looked over at your your precious Halo Wars series and, and saw how that kind of turned out both times where you you launched a fucking incredible really spectacular real-time strategy game and the whole world was kind of like yeah we don't give a shit <laughs> Uh, it's it's unfortunate to say because I, I really do love real time strategy. Crossfire had a real time strategy game that came out last year that I really liked. Minecraft Legends is great. Uh, I'm always a fan of the old uh, Warcraft games and Command and Conquer and uh, Sega did that one Supreme Commander and all these games. These were these were cool games. Um, I'm very grateful to the older the older people of my life that exposed me to real time strategy at a young age because. Honestly, I think I'm at that age range where I could have probably missed this genre as well, um, if it weren't for the fact that there were definitely some some older people in my life that made sure that I got I got exposure to this genre, um, and I'm grateful for it. Because, dude, I don't I don't play a whole lot of real time strategy. It's not like there's a whole lot of these games to really go around anyway. But man, when I get hooked on one of these games, I I really really enjoy them. That being said, I will say the drawback to Minecraft Legends is I'm in a mood where I really want to play something narrative. I want to complete a game. I want to play a game where I feel like it has a story and I can beat it. And Minecraft Legends does have that. It is a campaign. It does have cutscenes, but it feels kind of like playing Call of Duty where it's like, I'm playing this more for fun, more for like scrimmage match, scrimmage matches and for just, you know, just kind of like killing time and having a good time. And it feels like I'm not making progress on anything. So Minecraft Legends is being kind of relegated as my secondary game right now, right now, as, as I look for something that's a little more immediate to kind of, uh, you know, so that's sorry. So that's a little more finite, and, finite and truncated, so I can feel like I can have that more complete experience. So, with that said, that's how we get into Splinter Cell. Now, to explain Splinter Cell a little, a little clearer, to validate why I'm playing 2002 Xbox Original Splinter Cell <laughs> by Ubisoft. Um, well, I was playing that, I, I guess I could have added this to what I've been playing, but I, I've been playing a little bit of that X defiant beta that's been taking place the past week. I think it just ended like yesterday, but, uh, yeah, I've been playing a little bit X defiant guys. I gotta say, just as a side note, we'll, we'll get into this later when it's more available for other people to play. 
X Define is kind of good. <laughs> like I, every time I play it, this is the third time I got to play this game, and every time I like it a little bit more. This game is X Define's a pretty good game, especially now that the betas are finally letting you play on Xbox. I don't want to play on PC. I, I, I really, I really enjoy X Define. I think this game has a lot of potential to be a pretty damn good game. Um, that said, I still fucking hate the name, but nonetheless, I was playing X Defiant, and the thing is, it's like it's got like an operator system, and uh, it's from various Ubisoft games. So it's like a Far Cry operator, a Division operator, uh, Ghost Recon, um, you know, Rainbow Six, and then they have Splinter Cell, and oh, they also have Watch Dogs, but they have Splinter Cell. I'm like, dude, the aesthetic, like the the look of like Sam Fisher, the Splinter Cell look, I've always thought that looks so badass. I'm like, but I've never played these games. I'm like, why haven't I ever played these games? Splinter Cell is so well regarded as like a quintessential xbox experience but really the closest thing i've ever played to splinter cell was uh metal gear solid so i was like you know what i'm, I'm gonna give splinter cell a try and then i realized that even though splinter cell all the old games are backwards compatible on modern xbox hardware um the games are no longer for sale on the marketplace as of a few months ago actually it's very recently this happened so i think the only uh Splinter Cell games you can download from the Xbox store these days are the 360 ones, so Blacklist and Conviction. But if you want to play the original three Splinter Cells from the OG Xbox, uh, Pandora Tomorrow, and uh, what was the third one called again? Uh, I'm blanking. But anyway, um, regardless. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to play some Splinter Cell. So Kronky gifted me uh, the first Splinter Cell game. Thank you, Kronky. So he sent it over to me, and uh, I've been really enjoying this. <laughs> I've, I've only, you know, I've been very busy this week with uh potential home shopping stuff and uh aside from that though when i when i can i'm like damn i want to play splinter cell like this game's good and it's kind of impressive because it's hard for a game from this era to really resonate with me um you know i i definitely grew up a product of the n64 ps1 into og xbox gamecube ps2 era like that's definitely like my prime from my childhood but i despite growing up with those consoles i actually don't have an affinity for for that those uh those two generations of games because even though like I loved don't get me wrong I loved uh, N64 back when I was seven years old playing it and I loved GameCube and Xbox and PS2 uh, when I was like nine years old playing them you know when they were like relevant in the most current consoles um, I feel like those consoles have aged like such dog shit because they were the the two generations of like developers trying to figure out what the fuck 3D should be like. And uh, because of that, I just have like almost no love for the those eras, and I just I never want to go back and play these games because like I just know the controls are gonna be dog shit. I know they're gonna be slow. I know there's gonna be unfair deaths. God forbid there's any platform. It's gonna be miserable. You know, I just I don't like that era generally of gaming. But Splinter Cell holds up well. Maybe it's because it's such a slow paced, you know, stealthy game that it can it has more forgiving kind of controls. It is definitely slow. It's a very slow game. Just trying to like crawl around and sl- sneak around things. It's, it, it could be a little a little more uh, fluid in the way it feels. But, you know, again, the game's from 2002. It's a fucking 21-year-old game at this point. So, you know, you got to give it some slack. But Splinter Cell is a uh, guy. I can't believe Splinter Cell is 21 years old. Holy fuck. I remember. Oh, my God. I remember my brother going to pick that up when it came out. Holy shit. I'm, I'm old. Anyway, um, so I'm playing through Splinter Cell for the first time, and I, I fucking I fucking love it. I think the, the story is kind of badass. Um, it's It kind of reminds me of, like, why they used to use the Tom Clancy name on these Ubisoft games to begin with. It wasn't just like a, a selling feature. It actually meant something. And Sam Fisher's a cool character. And like, I just, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just into this world. There's like, for some reason right now, the idea of just being slow and stealthy is kind of like, it's, 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 it's vibing with me, yo. So I'm sticking with it. I'm only on like level two after I've only done like level one in the, in the um, tutorial, but 
I'm I'm feeling it. So when I get time, when I when I'm free, I'm playing more Splinter Cell, man. It's good shit. So that's it for what I've been playing, you guys. Let's take a quick break and then we'll jump into the main news. Uh, starting off with the Activision Xbox information that's going to make us all cry tears of joy. Probably not. All right, you guys, let's get into the big one. The Microsoft, CMA, Activision, blah, blah, blah. All right, you ready for it? So from VGC, it's a long one. I'm just, we're just going to go through this shit. We can stop as we need to, if we need to. But Microsoft's provo- proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard has been officially blocked by the UK's Competition Markets Authority, or the CMA. After months of investigation, regula- uh, the regulator published its final report of the $69 billion deal on Wednesday and said that it has prevented it over concerns after or that it would, quote, alter the future of the fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to the reduction in innovation and less choice for UK gamers over the years to come. All right, put a huge fucking note, a little pin in that. Alter the future of the fast-growing cloud gaming market. Okay, next. The decision is most significant uh, yet in Microsoft's battle to get the acquisition over the line. The UK regulator is seen as one of the most influential in the in declining the deal's fate, alongside the EU and the U.S., in the U.S., the Federal Trade Commission is suing Microsoft in a bid to block the deal over competition concerns. The EU is still investigating. Microsoft has confirmed that it will appeal to the CMA's decision. The U.K. regulator wrote, quote, The CMA's have prevented Microsoft's proposed purchase of Activision over concerns that the deal will alter the future of the fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduction in innovation and less choice for U.K. gamers. Microsoft has a strong, Microsoft has a strong position in cloud gaming services, and the evidence is available to the CMA showing that Microsoft would find it commercially beneficial to make Activision's games exclusive to its own cloud gaming service, even though they've already promised that they'd bring it to other things. Anyway, Microsoft's already accounts for an estimated 60 to 70% of the global cloud gaming service that has an important strength in cloud gaming over... Uh, for owning Xbox, the leading PC operating system, Windows, and the global cloud computing uh, infrastructure, Azure, and Xbox Cloud Gaming. Okay, highlight that because that's some bu- bullshit. All right, the deal would reinforce Microsoft's advantage in the market, giving its control under uh, giving it control under important gaming content such as Call of Duty, Overwatch, and World of Warcraft. The evidence available to the CMA indicates that the absent the absent of the merger, Microsoft or Activision would still um, would start providing games via cloud platforms to into the foreseeable future. The cloud allowed uk gamers to avoid buying expensive gaming consoles and pcs that gives them much more flexibility and choice in how to play allowing microsoft to take a strong position in the cloud gaming market just as begins growing rapidly would risk undermining the innovation and the crucial development of these opportunities highlight that as well in a statement microsoft president brad smith said that the company was disappointed by the cma's decision or in, you know, he also claimed that they would be appealing quote we remain fully committed to the acquisition and will appeal the cma's decision rejects the pragmatic path that to address the competition concerns and discourages technology innovation and the investment in the UK. We have already signed contracts with to make Activision Blizzard's most popular games available on 150 million devices more than they are already on and we remain committed to reinforcing these agreements through regulatory remedies. We're especially disappointed that after the lengthy deliberations, the decision appears to reflect a flawed understanding of the market and the way that the relevant cloud technology actually works. Okay, that's another thing you could highlight as well. Activision said that it would work with Microsoft on an appeal to criticize the CMA uh, for what it called a deserve a disservice to UK citizens. The CMA's report today uh, quote is a major setback for the UK's ambition to be uh, to be a tech hub, and we still work with Microsoft to revise it on the appeal. The report also is a disservice to UK citizens who face increasing dire economic prospects, and we will need to reassess the growth strategy for UK global innovations. Large and small will take note that despite all the rhetoric, the UK is closed for business. 
despite all the rhetoric, the UK is closer for business. They're not a major tech hub. What you mean? The oh, okay, all right. In a separate statement, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick uh, said on Wednesday said Wednesday's decision is far from the final word on the deal, and that quote he will kill his assistant and uh, have his way with any one. Wait, what? Oh, oh, sorry, it's Bobby. Kotick. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Bobby Kotick uh, quote. He said, sorry, uh, quote that. Um, the decision was far from the final word on the deal. Initially, it appeared that the UK regulator was not moving forward or was moving forward with the approved deal uh, before today's announcement. So this comes as somewhat of a surprise. While the CMA provision, uh, side note, we talked about that last week, how it looked like this was just about to be finalized and approved. While the CMA provisionally found that in February, the merger could reduce competition uh, and results in higher prices, fewer choices, and less innovation for UK gamers, it partially reversed the decision a month later. So basically, they came to a final verdict that it was okay to approve the deal and then backed up on it. Uh, after reviewing the new evidence, the CMA said they no longer believe the deal would be significantly reduced in competition in the console gaming space, although they said it still has concerns about the acquisitions on the cloud gaming market. Oh, they also said this. Microsoft engaged constructively with us and to try and address these issues, and we are grateful for that. But the proposal was not effective enough of a remedy to our concerns, and we would have to replace the competition with ineffective regulation in a new dynamic market. Quote, cloud gaming needs a free competitive market in order to drive innovation and choice. It's the best achieved uh, by allowing the current competition dynamics in the cloud gaming to continue to do their job. So, woo, I promise none of the other ones have that much to read. Okay, so I want to focus on these things I highlighted first because there's a million ways we could go with this one. Oops, it's thunder and lightning outside. Anyway, a million different ways we can go with this. So let's start with the things I highlighted. First thing I highlighted, and we'll just read it in this context, whatever. Quote, Alter the future of the fast-paced, growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduction in innovation and less choice for UK gamers for the years to come. Okay, let's read the second thing I highlighted. Microsoft already accounts for an estimated 60 to 70% of global gaming services and has other important strategies in cloud gaming for owning Xbox. Okay, let's talk about the last one. The cloud allows UK gamers to avoid buying expensive gaming consoles and PCs and gives them more flexibility in the choice and how to play. All right, let's go into this. So first of all, um, what what market are they talking about? What cloud market? Uh, because let, let's be honest, let, let's let's back up and be honest about Game Pass for a second, right? When it comes to Game Pass, what are the reasons people like it? Because you get all first party Xbox releases day and date included in that service for no additional charge other than your monthly subscription. Yes, that's the number one selling point. Okay, what's the number two selling point? You get a curated list of. Third-party games, sometimes, you know, brand-new releases, sometimes games that have been out for a while, um, coming in and out of Game Pass, constantly giving you a, a wide variety of new games to try out um, on the fly thanks to the subscription service. Okay, yeah, that's the number two reason why people subscribe to Game Pass. Maybe for some people, one and two are interchangeable. I don't know, but that's definitely the number one and two reason why people subscribe to Game Pass. Okay, there we go. Well, Game Pass Ultimate is probably the tier most people have because it includes Xbox Live Gold benefits. So it's how you play games online, get games with gold, etc., etc., so that's probably another reason why people subscribe to Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate. Okay, so there's that. Let's see, what else does Game Pass have? Oh, you get discounts. Sometimes, like, microtransactions or games straight up or DLC, you know, will get discounts for Game Pass. So let's say, oh, this game is on Game Pass, but the DLC, the expansion, is not on Game Pass, just the core game. Okay, so you get the core game through Game Pass, and then, look, you get 10 20% off the expansion if you want to buy that. Um, because you have a, your Game Pass members, you get discounts. Okay, so discounts. That's probably that's probably a top five reason why people subscribe to Game Pass is for good discounts. Oh, EA Play, you also get access to EA's catalog of games through their curation service, their subscription service. 
Yeah, that's a pretty big one. You also get like 10 hour demos of brand new games sometimes. You know, like when Battlefield 2042 came out, I just played 10 hours of it on EA Play and I didn't even have to buy the game. Okay, that's probably a top five reason why people subscribe to Game Pass. All right, where does cloud gaming fall on this? Cloud gaming is the cherry on top. It's like a whip, it's a whipped cream. Like, can you have a delicious ice cream brownie sundae without a cherry on top? Absolutely. You got some fucking brownies. You got some vanilla ice cream. You got some freaking whipped cream. You got some chocolate sauce. You got some caramel sauce. It's nice to have the cherry. Everyone likes the cherry. It's aesthetically pleasing. It, it makes it more marketable and more eye catching. But we don't need the cherry. How many people are eating the cherry, right? You know. What's the percentage of ice cream Sunday fanatics out there that are really, really there first and foremost for the cherry? Fuck the brownie, fuck the ice cream, I want that cherry, right? That's what cloud gaming is to Game Pass. It is the fucking cherry on top. It's great for the marketability of Game Pass, right? Because we can all say, how cool is that? Game Pass gives you an amazing cloud streaming library. Okay, but cloud streaming sucks. You know, I've been, I've been using Xbox Cloud Streaming for like three or four years now, and I'm still talking about how, like, it's gotten better, but, you know, sometimes it's a crapshoot, sometimes I play and it's, it doesn't work, and sometimes I play and it works really well, surprisingly, and it's never a good idea for Twitchy games like first-person shooters, but, you know, it's a pretty fun idea for really slow, methodical, maybe like RPG-type games. That's kind of where we are with Cloud Streaming. Like, it's, it's an afterthought for most games. Maybe for Microsoft, it's not. We know Microsoft is trying to aggressively get into Cloud Streaming. I understand that. But for consumers, like, no one gives a shit, dude. No, no one cares about cloud streaming because internet infrastructure is not there. Cloud infrastructure is not fully there. People don't consume their games like that. No one wants these shitty touchscreen controls. No one wants to lug around an Xbox controller as they're on the transit, uh, taking public transit around town to get from work and school and all these various places with a fucking Xbox controller draining the fuck out of their phone battery so they can play... Uh, Deadliest Dungeon or fucking whatever the hell on Game Pass. That's not how this works. No one's doing that. We know Microsoft markets that way. We know Microsoft likes to advertise that way. We know Microsoft wants you to think about it that way. But like, stop for a second and think about your think about your own habits as a Game Pass subscriber. How many of you are just pouring hours into fucking cloud streaming? Not many, because it's an unproven technology. It's not there yet. No one fucking really likes it all that much because it just it's like. Okay, well, I'm an Xbox guy. I'm just going to sit on the fucking couch and play my Xbox. I don't want to stream games to my... It's a great option. It's a really cool, convenient feature. And as a fan of tech, I appreciate it because I always like to see new, cool, innovative features and technologies being introduced and uh, explored and expounded upon and you know further invested in. So I love that. I, I, think cloud tech, I think cloud streaming is cool. I think it's awesome that Xbox cares about it, and I hope they continue to invest in it. But I'm here to tell you that Activision Blizzard has almost nothing to do with cloud streaming. Maybe the mobile aspect does. Maybe the, the king uh, part of the Activision Blizzard king deal. I don't know. But man, oh man. When people think about Microsoft buying Activision, they're thinking about Diablo, Overwatch, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft. They're not thinking about, oh my god, I can't wait to stream Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 MLG from my iPhone 6 Plus. No one's thinking that, dude, because that sucks. That's a miserable experience. We, people want Microsoft to buy Activision so they don't have to pay 70 bucks a year for Call of Duty so that when Diablo 4 comes out in a few months, they can just fucking download it on Game Pass. That's why people want Microsoft to buy Activision. It's for games in Game Pass. It's not for cloud streaming. So the fact that like they seemed poised to approve the deal finally, the past year we've been going beat for beat, week for week, story after story. Oh, those little Brits with the crooked teeth and the weird infatuation with eating baked beans for breakfast. 
are on and on about, is it fair? Sony doesn't like this deal. Sony says it's not fair. Sony wants Call of Duty. Sony doesn't want Call of Duty to be owned by their biggest competitor. Is it fair? Is it fair? Is it fair? Sony, PlayStation, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty. That was the conversation for the past fucking year. So why the hell is the conversation as of today... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just, they're monopolizing cloud streaming, man. They're just, I mean, it's the cloud market, dude, it's just, you know, clouds, you know, sometimes it rains. It rains a lot here in the UK. We got a lot of clouds. I would hate for all those clouds to be owned by Microsoft all of a sudden. Like, that's, that's, that's a straw man. That's, this is what we call a straw man. You're just, you're making up a bullshit argument. You're making an argument. You're making a case where one doesn't exist. And I don't, I'm not proud of myself right now that I'm getting so heated defending a massive corporation like Microsoft from a regulatory body that's supposed to protect consumers. Like, I'm not proud of myself that I'm sitting here doing this, but I genuinely think if we're just trying to be fair, if we're just trying to consider all things and be fair about it, if you're going to block this deal, at least block it over something. Because if they were blocking it because they're like, we just don't trust that Microsoft is going to do the right thing once they have control over Call of Duty. If they were going to say, like, I know they said, but we we saw what they did with Bethesda. We see that Redfall and Starfield are exclusive to Xbox. Those games are no longer to come to PlayStation. Um, They, at one point, were supposed to come to PlayStation. We just don't want to see a reality where they could maybe one day, even after 10 years or whatever the case may be, could take... Call of Duty away from PlayStation. That just doesn't sound good for consumers. Like, even if that was the crux of their argument, at least we could say, ah, you're stupid, you're wrong, but, like, uh, that's kind of also a, a fair point from a regulator's standpoint. Whereas this is just stupid. This is just straight-up dumb. It's like, no. Microsoft does not have a monopoly over cloud. Here, here's, the, here's the reality of the cloud market is Google did a half-assed attempt, like everything Google does. They fucking sucked at it. They didn't stick it out. They didn't invest in it because they're Google and they fucking suck. And then they quit. And that was was Stadia. So there's the other big competition, right? Okay, Sony bought Gaikai back in like 2013 and used that to build PlayStation Now, which is a PlayStation streaming service, and it sucked. It fucking sucked. Everyone who had a PS4 and ever tried PlayStation Now said it sucked. The latency was ass. It was the only way to play PS3 games since PS4 didn't have backwards compatibility. And it fucking sucked. Okay, so there's that. And I know they they still do cloud streaming today and it's gotten better on PlayStation. So to give Sony credit, they've gotten better. But from what I understand, their service isn't a whole lot better than Microsoft's. But it exists. Again, I'm sure the majority of PlayStation players are like, it's cool that that exists, but I'm not really looking to do that right now i'd rather just sit on my fucking couch and play ghost of tsushima running on my ps5 or whatever so that um okay and then there's the other big one there's nvidia geforce and amazon luna those services both seem to be doing what they're doing i almost said fine but i'd rather say those services seem to be doing what they're doing and what we're what we're seeing with cloud gaming is it's kind of like vr it's like this thing where like there's a lot of buzz around it there's a lot of like chatter about it. We see it in the news a lot, but like at the end of the day, we all have a lot of us have an Oculus Quest 2 because it's 300 bucks and it was, you know, it's it's enticing, but like you play for it for you play with it for a couple weeks and then you're like, I'd rather sit on the couch with a controller in my hand and play Call of Duty. Or, you know, same thing with cloud game. Like, okay, I can play Grounded or Minecraft Legends on my Samsung Galaxy S um, when I'm at the dentist office waiting to be seen. Um but then, fuck, I'm dropping to 4G, I'm lagging, uh, the, the screen tearing, frame rate drops, touch control suck, why am I doing this? Ah, my battery's on like 20%, I gotta turn this off. Like, it's not it's not what we're doing. At the end of the day, you're, you're a grown-ass adult who goes, I'll play games when I get home. <laughs> I'll play Minecraft Dungeons when I get home. And even kids, it's like, I, I just don't believe kids are like begging mom and dad for their iPhone so they can play Minecraft Dungeons off of Xbox Game Pass. So, 
maybe these things will change over time. No doubt that's Microsoft's hope and that's what they're working on. But Microsoft doesn't have a monopoly and they're not getting close to a monopoly on the cloud industry. It's just that no one fucking cares about this this market because it sucks because the technology's not there because Google was a big player and they fucking gave up because they're quitters. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. There's not a lot of people who want to play this game. So the fact that Microsoft is just disproportionately going hard on it, you want to know why Microsoft's going so hard on cloud gaming and trying to get their own app store? It's because they fucking dropped the ball when they could have been big on mobile. That's why. It's because there was a point in time where Microsoft, as a, a bigger company, not Xbox, but as a broader company, Microsoft could have competed more with iPhone and Android and beaten them to market because Microsoft was ahead of the curve on a lot of those things. And then they just fucking fucked it up. And they screwed up mobile so bad that Microsoft will never, and I say this as someone who loves Windows Phone to death, Microsoft will never be the, one of the more relevant and prominent names in the mobile space because they fucked it up for themselves. And so why do they invest in cloud gaming and, and wanting to buy the king portion of Activision Blizzard and all that? It's because they're looking for excuses to weasel their way into the mobile market and be more relevant. That's why my Android phone has a Microsoft launcher and why Samsung keeps getting closer with Microsoft because Microsoft wants to embed all their services and apps into Android because they fucked up with their own operating system. It's why they want to try and put their own app store on iOS and Android for gaming because they don't have an app store. They don't have a Google Play or an Apple app store. That's where all this comes from. It has almost nothing to do with Xbox. At the end of the day, you want to play Starfield? You want to play Halo? You want to play fucking Gears of War? It has almost nothing to do with cloud streaming. Right now, this is all a proof of concept, and we as Game Pass subscribers are kind of being the test dummies because Microsoft is trying to push their mobile initiatives with, pro with, with services and app stores and things like that. So, again, the CMA, you, you listen, you, you serve to protect the consumers of the UK, and I respect that. I respect that you're trying to govern on behalf of their best interests, but... This is a straw man argument, and it has almost nothing to do with gaming or Xbox or monopolies in gaming or any of that shit. It's just, it's just kind of a whole lot of nothing. So there's all that aspect. And with that part, I mean, it, dude, there, there was a breakdown with some stupid shit. They're, they're out there claiming that Microsoft already has a monopoly um, in, in the PC operating system, which they, they do. Listen, Windows, Windows is like over 90% of mobile operating systems uh, ad, ad, adoption. It's, it's Windows. You know, Mac OS is pretty niche and tiny, although it is always growing. And and Linux is a fucking joke. Stop. If you're one of those Linux people, stop for the love of God. Stop trying to legitimize Linux. You know, it's like, yeah, Microsoft does kind of have the monopoly when it comes to the, the PC operating system, but no one's competing with them in cloud, dude. You think Amazon couldn't put up a better fight if they wanted to? Google could have. They gave up. Amazon can, they they don't choose to, because Luna, they just kind of like, let it exist. Steam can afford to do it, and even they barely try. It's just it's because the technology's not there, and the consumers clearly are not responding. So this is a bullshit argument. This is a bullshit argument. This is a bullshit argument. But the second half of this, the second way we can look at this is also, it's not done yet. And I'm not just being like, oh, Brad Smith said it, so I believe it. Oh, Bobby Kotick said it while he was uh, harassing one of his coworkers. I believe it. No, that's that's not why I'm saying this. I truly believe it's not over. You can appeal these things. Listen, we live in a world where corporations have all the fucking power. You know, corporations own the government and the government are the little bitches to the corporations and the people are just like sitting back kind of subject to whatever happens. So if Microsoft wants to buy Activision and they're really determined enough, it's just a matter of how much time and money are you willing to throw at this thing? And if they're willing to just endlessly throw time and money at this, it's not a question of will this deal get done? It's a matter of when will it get done? So they are going to appeal, and it might come with more concessions, and they might have to do appeal to various 
new concerns that the CMA has, but at the end of the at the end of the day, they can just they can just play this game for as long as they fucking want, um, and eventually they will wear wear the CMA down and they will approve the deal. And I think that is the route they're going for. Although I will say, unfortunately, the CMA has a lot of a lot of power, a lot of influence. So it's possible the EU might be more influenced to decline this deal or block this deal due to CMA's um, verdict. And same with the same with the the uh, FTC here in the U.S. Although I think with the with the U.S. regulation board, I think it's a little. I, I think in Europe, I think what we're seeing a lot of is it's a lot of inept old politicians, as is always the case, who don't understand a goddamn thing about video games, who are easily influenced and swayed. And so it's not that they're corrupt or they're being bought off by Sony or whatever. It's just that they're fucking stupid and they don't understand what the hell they're talking about. So they're being presented all this information and they're trying to act like they know how to handle it and they don't. And that is the feeling I get looking at this. Um, but in the U.S., I think it's a different beast. I think in the U.S., it's just political posturing. It's just, you know, the, the lawsuit with Microsoft over all this crap and the we're really going to take them to task. That's bullshit, dude. At the end of the day, fuck it. It's the U.S. Oh, my God, dude. U.S. politicians, they fucking ejaculate like crazy the second a corporation wants to consolidate or throw money at politicians or whatever. Dude, all Microsoft has to do is just open up a briefcase full of cash and American American politicians will just ugh, just start fucking coming on command. It'll be amazing. It'll be immaculate. And uh, this deal will get by in the U.S. No fucking problem. The U.S. doesn't give a shit. They're, they're nothing to worry about but yeah man i mean it's it's just a matter of how long activision and microsoft want to play this game and try to wear down these regulatory bodies um because i really do think at the end of the day they, they can do whatever they want <laughs> that's that's the precedent that has been set uh for corporations and i just don't see it going any other way so usually when you see these deals kind of like end it's it, it's because at some point the, the corporations decide all right we're done throwing lawyers and money and time and resources into this and we're just going to move on uh i i think microsoft seems absurdly committed to making this shit happen so i really don't i i, I saw a lot of people acting like well that's it that's it the deal's done it's over guys i, I don't see that at all I, don't, I really don't think that's even close to where we are i think this is um very much like just another wrench in the in the system you know another another kink in the chain or whatever um the disappointing thing is if, if the CMA had approved this, we'd be so close to being done with this because I really think if the CMA approved it, the EU would approve it very shortly after. And then I think it would just be some like government posturing and some fucking bullshit corporate news coverage playing the whole thing up for a couple months. And then the, then the U.S. would sign off on it. We'd be done, you know. But because of this, because now we have to do the appeal thing and all that shit, we, got, we, we just bought ourselves like another 8 to 12 months of this crap. So, all right, there we go. There you have it. I, I, I'm not all doom and gloom about it. I Again, at the end of the day, the only reason I really want this deal to go through is because I don't want like Tencent or someone else to be able to buy up Activision. But personally, I think Activision is kind of a dog shit match for Xbox. And I think Microsoft needs to figure out how to run the 500 other studios that they suck at running before they acquire Activision. Although it could be said that a lot of why they want Activision is maybe for some of that leadership talent that's going to help them figure out how to get fucking games out the door in a reasonable time frame um, and not have them run at 30 FPS. So I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But um, yeah, I, I don't feel doom and gloom about this. I think the deal still has a really good shot of going through. It's just now we just got to wait even longer. A deal that could have maybe possibly been done by this fall, I think is now probably looking at like next summer, next fall or something like that. So 
fuck me, I guess this is just what my life is going to be forever and ever. As long as I choose to do Xbox on, I just got to sit here and talk about this legal deal that, and let's be honest, you know, always I should have put this at the top, the disclaimer, I'm a fucking moron. I don't know anything about legalities and, and lawsuits and mergers and acquisitions and, and appeals and tenure contracts and Sony and all this stuff. Like, I don't, I don't know anything, but, um, these are the vibes I get, yo. These are the vibes. These are the feelings I get from the news being presented. So, all right, let's move on from that. That's enough of that. Let's talk about Microsoft's quarterly earnings report. Another thing I'm not qualified to speak on from VGC, Microsoft's gaming business has enjoyed a relatively strong third quarter in terms of revenue generated, according to figures released today. On Tuesday, the company announced that its results for its third fiscal quarter, ending in March 31st, 2023. Microsoft said that revenue for the Xbox content and services, which is by far the division's biggest money generator, was up 3% year over year, driven by Xbox Game Pass. Contrasting, uh, sorry, contrastingly, Xbox hardware was down 30% on a prior year uh, comparable that benefited the inc from increased console supply, according uh, to the company. Overall, third quarter gaming revenue declined 4% year over year to around $3.59 billion. However, as noted by the Independent and at, Do at Dom's Playing, the figure marks the second best third quarter ever for the Xbox business. So, usually they dip around this time of year, so they're saying this is pretty big. Um, it only trails behind the $3.74 billion generated in the third quarter of the last fiscal year when Xbox's, where Microsoft's gaming business posted record revenue for a non-holiday quarter. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella provided some additional comments on the uh, Xbox business during the company's earnings call, saying, quote, we set third quarter records for, uh, for monthly active users and monthly active devices, he said. Across our content and services business, we're dealing with our commitment uh, to offer Gamers more ways to experience games they love, while uh, revenue for the subscription reached nearly a billion dollars this quarter. This quarter has also brought PC Game Pass to 40 new countries, nearly doubling the number of markets where it's available. Great content uh, remains the flywheel behind our growth. We have now surpassed 500 million lifetime unique users across first-party titles. Okay. Jez Corden of Windows Central actually wrote, wrote a really good op-ed. Uh, maybe it was late last week or early this week. I don't know. The article is titled, With Microsoft Distracted, the Xbox Console Experience is Suffering. And I think that article plays largely into... It's a really good article. I really highly recommend you read it. But, um, yeah, this this op-ed, I think, kind of it kind of is strengthened by these, these, these quarter results, which is that Xbox hardware revenue is down 30%. By comparison's sake, man, I wish I should know Sony's. I don't. So, but I, I do know that PlayStation 5 sales are through the fucking roof. Currently, PlayStation 5 is outselling PlayStation 4 in life to um, at this point where it was in its in its life, lifetime sales. So I guess PlayStation is on its its third year on the market, PlayStation 5. Um, it is out PlayStation 5 is outselling where PlayStation 4 was at at this point in time in its in its life cycle. Which is huge because PS4 just clobbered the fuck out of the Xbox One, right? And with that same kind of logic and the same kind of trends and traje trajectories, we can see that PlayStation 5 is outstripping Xbox Series S and X like crazy. Hardware revenue should not be down 30%. So before we talk about software and services and shit, let's talk about hardware. Hardware revenue should not be down 30%. If everyone was falling all over themselves to get a Series X, to get a Series S and all these things, get a new console, next-gen console, oof, that does not bode well for Xbox at all. That hardware sales are down, revenue is down 
That means there are Xbox Series consoles on store shelves being passed up all day, every day. And listen, to be fair, the supply chain with, with video game consoles has mostly loosened up. When I go to, like, Target or whatever, I see PlayStation 5s on the shelf. I see Xbox Series X on the shelf. I see Xbox Series S. Actually, the, the consoles I see the most are the Series S and the PS5 Disc Edition. I've still never in my entire fucking life seen a PlayStation 5 discless. I've never seen that. Um, in fact, I think at this point I would just buy one if I saw one because I'd be so shocked. Um... But yeah, I, 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 I never see that. I, I rarely see the Series X, to be completely honest. It's, I do see it um, a lot more regularly now, but I still not, not as much as PS5 disc uh, drive edition or, or Series S. Um, actually, you know what console I see the least uh, outside of all that too is, is Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I, I never see Nintendo Switch, especially those little uh, those cheaper ones, the lights. Um, those things are fucking always sold out. But uh, yeah, man, it's just. For hardware sales to be down right now, that means that means you're fucking it up. Like that, that is the only thing that translates to is Microsoft is fucking it up. Let's not get all like, woo, our team is winning or champion on Microsoft because they're saying things like, um, this is our second biggest third quarter earnings in the history of Xbox. Don't get excited over that because that, that means nothing, right? Okay, so this is traditionally a slower quarter. It's it's that first part of the year. You get the holiday dip because the, the holidays are over, and generally you know, historically, until recent years, really, a lot of big games didn't come out in the first part of the year, especially first-party Xbox games. Xbox doesn't have a huge precedent for releasing first-party um, titles in, like, February, March kind of time frame. So, you know, like, what, Halo Wars did? Uh, but, yeah, usually Microsoft's more of, like, a more of a fall company, like, late spring to fall. Um, but anyway, regardless of all that, so keep keep this in mind is that if hardware is down 30 fucking percent revenue, like that's, that's terrible. That means you're not putting out good games that are, that are enticing people to buy Xboxes. That means people are buying PlayStations over Xbox. The fact that your subscription business is up 3% year over year, you just launched Game Pass Ultimate on PC in 40 new countries, and that your subscription uh, revenue, your, uh, your content and services revenue has never been stronger that's not that's not, well. First of all, that's not very impressive because Game Pass should be exploding. Game Pass shouldn't be steadily growing. It should be exploding right now. So three percent, considering that seems like it is online store sales, game sales digitally, in-game transactions, and subscriptions. Three percent year over year. That's not a particularly impressive number. Um, so I don't think that's really anything to champion. And then hardware being down thirty percent again. That's Think about it like this. If Starfield was out, if Halo Infinite didn't drop the ball, um, if uh, if Redfall was already out now and it was running at 60 FPS and it fucking rocks, and we knew that Fable's coming out in November and uh, Perfect Dark is coming out next uh, next early 2024 or something like that, you know, like we had these dates and stuff like that. If, if we knew these kinds of things, we had gameplay reveal trailers, we had dates, we had like a whole roadmap going, I think Xbox's hardware sales might be really fucking high right now but when you look at the series x it's like well what has the series x and s done so far since it released in 2020 it had a really slow first you know it came out the tail end of 2020 had a really slow 2021 because you know supply supply chain issues okay that's 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 understandable and then also there just wasn't a whole lot covid really effed up game development schedules okay that's pretty understandable so there weren't a whole lot of like new games to push the new consoles in 2021 I can get all that, you know? At least we got Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite, right? That's that's good, right? Okay. 
2022. 2022 was abysmal for Xbox. Fuck it. That sucked. That year sucked. That year sucked, sucked, sucked. They definitely had some games, but they were smaller games that weren't the kinds of games that move units off shelves. I mean, no one was rushing out to the local Walmart to buy an Xbox Series X when Pentiment hit the, you know, hit the service, you know? So keep that in mind. Um, and now 2023 is an absolute dog shit year as well so far. You know, they got Minecraft Legends, which is really good, um, but... It clearly isn't really a big mass marketable game, I guess, because that genre seems to be turning people off. Although I'm sure the game will end up doing fine because it's Minecraft. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo finally came to Xbox. It doesn't run as well on Xbox as it did on PlayStation, and it doesn't seem like it's a very well-loved game, like similar to how it was on PlayStation when it was there last year. Um, Redfall is facing a lot of backlash for it's always online, 30 FPS, nonsensical bullshit. Um, Starfield is still a big question mark. We're all worried about kind of what the status is on that game and how it will perform. And Halo has been a, a blunder and we don't know where any of these other 500 games are or when they're coming. And man, like why would anyone buy an Xbox right now? You know, I, I bought an Xbox cause I'm a fucking idiot. I'm an Xbox fanboy, not really kind of sorta. And I'm just going to buy an Xbox cause I want to have the new shiny Xbox hardware to toy around with and, don't get me wrong. I don't regret buying my Series X. I don't regret buying my Series S. I have both of these things, and I love them to death. I'm super happy on Xbox. I have plenty of games to keep me busy, but I'm just trying to understand the situation from the perspective of consumers having to make a purchasing decision between a PlayStation 5 and an Xbox right now, where you can buy a PlayStation 5 where all your friends are playing, and PlayStation's got the games. I know PlayStation's a little quiet right now, but they, they already have a bunch of games that have come out early in the, in the, in the life cycle of the PS5, and they've all done really well. Everyone's like... Fuck yeah, Spider-Man 2. There's no way that game's going to be anything other than amazing. Okay. And then if you want Xbox, man, you can just subscribe to Game Pass, play it on your PC, maybe subscribe for a month, play it on your phone. You got an old Xbox One laying around. You can play. You can use that a little bit if you want. Xbox is not giving you a reason to buy the Series S or the Series X. And finally putting out a first-party game and putting at 30 FPS on the world's most powerful console, as an FYI, that, that stuff doesn't help either. You know, that's, that's not a great look. So... I don't know, man. I don't. I don't see this as like a positive thing. Yeah, it's the second uh, highest third quarter report for Xbox, uh, but hardware revenue is down thirty percent when its hardware revenue is soaring on PlayStation. Um, content and services is only up three percent. Uh, I mean, you're, the, the the remember Xbox Game Pass has not been hitting its estimated year growth uh, projections at all. And um, until you get some big big games in there like Starfield, it's not going to. But you know, you release more stuff like Starfield in a controversial state, and you might you might still not get what you're looking for. So I, I don't know, man. It's um I just don't see this as a particularly uh, promising or good earnings report. But um nonetheless, I just want to kind of go through that just because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, this is good. It looks like Xbox is doing okay. It's like. I don't know, man. Your your console shouldn't go from everyone wants it, they can't get their hands on it, to uh, these things aren't get, being moved. Um, anyway. Oh, man. I, I never even circled back to the Jess Corden thing. God damn, I'm being schizophrenic. The Jess Corden article I was telling you about. Um, yeah, so a lot of that, I feel like, ties into this because a lot of what he's saying is like, it feels like in a way Xbox is just like kind of sacrificing the core of their business for like the Game Pass initiative, the cloud gaming initiative, all these other things where it's like, if at the end of the day you can just stop trying to buy Activision for a second, stop trying to push Game Pass on everyone for a second, let's just focus on the studios you own, getting good games out, and supporting Xbox Series X and S and doing it well. It's just, it, it's frustrating because in the Xbox One days, when Phil Spencer was kind of like the new head of Xbox, 
you know, in like 2014, 15, 16. The problem was immediately Xbox was all like, we just want to put really good games on Xbox. But they didn't have teams to do it. They didn't have enough teams. They didn't have enough in the pipeline. That was the problem. You fast forward to today, and they kind of have a really different problem where it's like Microsoft has so many teams working on so many games, but they won't just focus on getting really good games from those teams onto these these consoles to sell units. They're not doing that. Instead, they're talking about cloud this. They're talking about Game Pass that. They're talking about putting players in the center of the universe everywhere in the world. They're talking about more countries, more countries, more countries, trying to get Japan, Japanese support. All these things are great, and I, and I applaud them, and I'm happy. I think, I think Xbox is cooler and more interesting for trying all these other initiatives. But at the end of the day, you know, this is the point Judge Corden kind of makes, and I encourage you to read the article. We're kind of just like sacrificing the core of what Xbox is. At, at some points, like these other things, these other initiatives and focuses are great, but like, guys, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that Series S and the Series X are selling. And I know we said on the show before, it's like Microsoft doesn't care about the console sales, they just want subscriptions. Yeah, but that's a dangerous game to play because they got a good thing going with the console business. I would encourage them not to overlook it and constantly burn the hand that feeds them. Because the most hardcore Xbox fans are those people that want to buy a Series X. Are those people that want to play the most breathtaking operating and looking games on the most advanced hardware, you know? And by not really leaning into and fully serving that market, you're burning the people who have stuck by your side through thick and thin. And that's a really, really dumb idea, man. It's a really dumb idea. I'm not going anywhere because I'm a fucking shill, but like, you know, not everyone's like me, so I'd watch it, man. You got people like me, I'll stick around and tell people till I turn blue in the face. Oh man, Quantum Break was so good. If you didn't play Quantum Break, you're an idiot. I can't believe how good Quantum Break was, released in 2016. Um, but, you know, a lot of other people are going to be like, fuck that, dude, I'm moving on. I want to play PlayStation where I can play awesome exclusive games like NBA 2K and Grand Theft Auto, which cannot be experienced on the Xbox, apparently. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, um, anyway, that, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Go read that article from Jez Corden. Uh, go shit on Xbox uh, for putting Redfall out at 30 FPS. But most importantly, uh, let's let's move into our next story. Um, so from VGC, Xbox currently has a mystery sequel in development that could take as long as a decade to make. It's been revealed. Spotted by Axios's uh, Steven Totillo, uh, the game was mentioned in court documents related to an ongoing legal challenge with a group of self-identified gamers that are trying to block Microsoft's Activision Blizzard acquisition. So that's a, a separate story we've talked about a little bit, but I guess some court documents kind of spoiled the fact that this game exists. Uh, at one point, the document explains that the AAA game can take as long a long time to make. Using Halo Infinite as an example, though the length of cost of development is redacted, it does say that, for instance, according to Microsoft's executive, redac sorry, executive redacted, a forthcoming title from the redacted franchise may um, take a decade to develop. It's not clear if this is a completely new game that hasn't been announced yet, or if it's something that players already know about, like maybe Elder Scrolls VI, which was announced in 2018. Therefore, seemingly five years into that 10-year development time frame, but Bethesda's Todd Howard has said that back in 2021, that it was good to think of Elder Scrolls VI as still being in the design phase, suggesting the Xbox exclusive would be years away. So we're looking for a new entry in a series may take decades to develop. It does, you do want to say it's Elder Scrolls VI, right? Like it does sound like, oh yeah, it's got to be Elder Scrolls VI. But I don't know, maybe it's Outer Worlds 2. It could be that. Um, those are kind of the two games that come to mind immediately. Maybe it's maybe it's Fable. Um but yeah, like those are really the only three games that come to mind. Maybe it's Gear Six. 
but yeah, I mean, it's just like they're talking, they're teasing something. Maybe this really should have gotten the mildly amusing story uh, section or, you know, higher up in the show. I don't know. But I did just want to put this out there because I just want to like put out the thought exercise. Like, what do you guys think is an Xbox game that could be getting a sequel? And by sequel, I don't necessarily mean like number two in the series, but like, you know, a new entry in the series um, that you think maybe we don't know about that Microsoft could be working on. Do you think we could be getting... I mean, Perfect Dark, they could, oh, this could be Perfect Dark, absolutely, actually, That's, that absolutely could be par- Perfect Dark. I don't know, do you think we're finally getting that that long-awaited sequel to uh, Okami, no, not Okami, what's that game called, uh, Cameo? You think we're getting a Cameo sequel, or maybe we're getting a, a Viva Pinata sequel, finally, the long-awaited sequel to Viva Pinata? I know you've been looking forward to it, baby. Uh, no, I just, I don't know, it's an interesting thought exercise. Elder Scrolls Six, Outer Worlds 2, Hellblade 2, Perfect Dark, uh, Reboot, Fable Reboot, Gear 6. I don't know. There's so many options. There's just so many things it could be since Xbox is so good at announcing games and never putting any out. So, But uh, I, I don't know. It's fun to guess. Do you guys think what Phantom Dust is coming back? Guys, you think they're just going to skip Scalebound and make a Scalebound 2? Maybe that's what they're doing. I don't know. Interesting. Anyway, let's move on to our wrap-up story. Um which is actually about uh, the Ubisoft's The Division. I don't know what's going on with me and Ubisoft, but I'm kind of like digging them right now, even though they've kind of sucked for a while. Uh, Ubisoft revealed what is in store for The Division uh, during a franchise showcase this past week, uh, or last week, rather. The presentation featured updates on The Division Heartland, Division 2, and Division Resurgence. Ubisoft provided an in-depth look at Division Heartland, a free-to-play game on PC and Xbox consoles, which is in development by Red Storm Entertainment, the guys who worked on... Uh, a handful of the Far Cry games. The PvEVP-focused survival action shooter is set in rural America, Midwest town of Silver Creek, which has been left in ruins following the spread of the dollar flu. In the development deep dive video, Red Storm team members discuss early details about the gameplay, the class system, play sets, uh, styles, and the types of mechanics, and provide an overview of what players can expect from the game. Heartland will enter a closed beta later this year, which players are able to sign up for now online. And Ubisoft also revealed a roadmap for The Division 2, a fifth year of content, which includes four new seasonal content drops. Players will need to own the Warlords of New York expansion to access the new content. Um, ex- excluding the Descent mode, which will be available to all Division 2 owners. Ubisoft also said that they're in the next phase of testing their mobile looter shooter Division Resurgence, but no one gives a shit about that. It's set to come out this summer. Guys, I don't know, man. I, I, I've never played Division. Uh, i got to be honest. i never played Division, but I do have the first one downloaded on my Xbox. I kind of want to give it a try. I'm kind of curious. I feel like I'm in the mood to be a little open-minded to some, uh, some, t- some Division, you know? I've always heard this game is pretty good, so I- I'm just going to assume it is a fun third-person shooter version of, like, Destiny, basically. But, yeah, man, I, I don't know. this. I think this Division Heartland game looks pretty cool. Like, I think it's uh, I think this is kind of what Division needs. It's to be free-to-play and kind of reset the whole thing so that you can try cast a wide net and get a huge player base. We know that's what Ubisoft is so desperately after, is, is trying to get that, um, that games-as-a-service market. That's why they're doing X Defiant. That's why they're doing this. That's why they did that um, scape whatever it was that that uh battle rail that failed um so yeah obviously this is just another attempt at one of those but at the same time this one looks pretty good if you if you didn't see the trailer the developer deep dive they they did for it the game looks pretty damn cool i I, i'm definitely gonna give it a go whenever it comes out but i think in the meantime i'm gonna try the division one just to boot it up and see what i missed uh in 2016 when that game came out because it looks uh this looks like a series that would be up my alley i don't know i just don't know why it never happened but 
yeah, this this new one looks good. Uh, looks like Ubisoft is finally starting to get a little more a little more traction with some of these games. So this game is going into a beta test this year, so it'll probably go out to the real world next year. And then X Defiant is having like more and more like open type betas, so maybe that game will be coming out at the end of this year or early next year. So finally, feels like the like maybe Ubisoft is slowly starting to kind of get some traction. We're getting some content drip from them they got the new avatar game coming out so i'm excited to I'm excited to see what ubisoft does because i think they have it in them to turn it around and i'm excited about multiple projects they're working on they've just been kind of fucking it up the past couple years so i'm ready i'm ready to see them you know right their wrong and kind of have a have a do-over all right guys that's it for all of our big news this week let's jump into our important enough news stories important enough to make the podcast but not important enough to warn their own discussions we got a couple to rattle off so let's go real fast VGC reports Blizzard's announced that Diablo 4 will be getting a final open open beta weekend this month. Everyone's allowed to play. You don't got to download the, or pre-order the game or anything. And the event will be free from May 12th to May 14th. Players can rank up to level 20 and uh, play through Act 1 in the first zone. So similar to the other betas. But I got to try this week. This, this time I skipped it last time. I got to try this time. Next up. Capcom have announced that a Street Fighter 6 demo for Xbox Series XS and Steam is set for release on April 26th, the day I'm recording this, so it's already available the day you're listening to this. Demo lets players play the beginning of World Tour as well as select modes for Fighting Ground, so uh, be on the lookout for that if you want to give that a go. Also, the ability to share screenshots directly to Twitter from Xbox consoles has officially been disabled following API changes to recent Twitter updates. Microsoft confirmed the change has been made from their official account. We have disabled the ability, they say, quote, to share gameplay uploads from Twitter directly to consoles and game bar on Windows. You can still share your favorite moments on Twitter via, via the Xbox app for Android and iOS. Users can upload clips directly to Twitter from their consoles. Or Okay. So that's a little shit that that's getting worse and worse, but it could be due to the fact that Twitter is now charging as much as $42,000 per month in order to access Twitter's new enterprise package of its developer platform. So maybe it's a cost measure, but I don't know. You're Microsoft, so I don't really know. Uh, next up, VGC reports a day earlier than scheduled Activision Blizzard released their first quarter earnings results showing a net income for three months ending on March 31st, 2023. It was up 87% year over year, $740 million, 87%. That's how you do it. Xbox you do games. Revenue was up 35% to $2.38 billion while net booking, uh, rose 26% to 1.86 billion. The publisher said the results were driven by uh, growth across all three segments, Activision, Blizzard, and King, and highlighted the performance of its mobile title business. Uh, to me, that just reads as an um, Overwatch 2 is doing really well, Modern Warfare 2 is doing very well, especially considering the year prior Call of Duty was uh, Vanguard, which was one of the worst performing Call of Duties. So, you know, big improvement there. And then Diablo 4 pre-orders are through the roof. That's that's kind of how I'm reading all that. And then, of course, mobile is probably doing well for them. But, yeah, that's uh, good news from Activision. I'm sure Microsoft would love to get in on some of that shit if they can get this deal through, right? Uh, next up, some unfortunate news. NetEase has established Anchor Point Studios, a new development studio founded by Control, Remedies Control, lead designer Paul Aerith. Primarily based in Barcelona, Spain, with a second office in Seattle, Washington, U.S., Anchor Point will focus on the creation of action-adventure games for console and PC. Aerith, who has previously worked on a campaign designer for Halo 4 and 5, is joined by the team that includes head of operations Pere Torrance, who formerly was the head of role at Smilegate Barcelona, so Crossfire, and other developers from other studios like who've worked on games like Ghost of Tsushima, Red Dead Redemption, and The Division are um, joining, according to NetEase. So that is just more and more good Western talent 
leaving to go work on uh, Chinese-developed games, which I don't necessarily have an inherent problem towards. It's just that a lot of these companies have strong ties to the Chinese government. I think it's a little fucked, and I think you're kind of doing yourself and the and the industry a disservice by perpetuating and propping up this Chinese government involvement in gaming that's becoming more and more pervasive. So congratulations, Paul Aerith. You worked at one of the all-time greatest uh, developers of all time at Remini. And before that, you worked on two of the fucking coolest games, Halo's 4 and 5, at 343, and you threw it all away to go work with NetEase. Uh, so I hope you're, I hope you're happy. I hope you're, uh, it's cool. I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of like, it's kind of spineless to know that sh- that stuff, especially considering like how progressive the video games industry is. Like the video games industry is so like, fuck yeah, people with blue hair. We love LGBT. We love trans. We put he him in all of our pronouns and our bios and stuff. It's like that's cool. If that's how it, you know that's how the industry is, that's cool. I support it. Do you be yourself? That's all great and fine. But like, it's so cringy to me how it's like this this uh this industry has so much of that like surface level fake bullshit progressive stuff of like you know posturing and kind of like oh look at us we care we wear lgbt on our sleeve which means we're good people can't attack us but then it comes to like oh you're going to take a bunch of fucking cd money from a chinese corporation that's like basically operated and regulated by the uh communist chinese party that disappears people and fucking castrates uyghur muslims and uh, uh denies their citizens freedom of speech and and, and limits the amount of time they're even allowed to play video games and controls what kind of content you can put into your video games by saying things like Taiwan is not a real country and and not letting you ever speak ill of the Chinese government in any form, shape, or form. Or, you know, you could be disappeared as a fucking person if you ever challenged or questioned a government authority. But yeah, that's fucking cool, man. You're you left you left the remedy, the creators of some of the greatest fucking games ever made. You know, uh, to go to go take NetEase's money and make some fucking bullshit game for a for a Chinese publisher. Awesome, man. So so cool. Uh, next up, VGC reports that an official Call of Duty board game has been announced. So, Jesse, listen up if you're if you're listening. According to the reveal trailer for the game, which is reviewable um, online now, it's it's out. It is uh, coming soon with a Kickstarter campaign set to launch this late summer in 2023. Um, that's because the board game <laughs> creator Arcane Wonders needs a, a lot of money to use that Call of Duty license. The project's a, pl- a collaboration between Call of Duty owner uh, Activision and the game uh, game publisher Arcane Wonders. Although, you know, if Activision's co-publishing, I don't know, you need to crowdsource that. Anyway, Arcane Wonders told Polygon that the game will be set in the era of 2019's Modern Warfare and feature weapons and maps that are familiar to players, uh, fans of that series. The two-player-based game will cost about 50 bucks when it hits retail, and players will be able to combine the two sets for four-player matches. I'm probably going to be interested in that. I don't know. I'm stupid. Anyway, last one. Coming back to... Coming back to NetEase, I didn't even realize this was here. Uh, last one, though. NetEase has reportedly filed a lawsuit against Activ- uh, Blizzard Entertainment. After a long-term partners ended their China licensing deal earlier in the year, Activision Blizzard, which held a licensing agreement with NetEase in 2008, pulled its games from the Chinese market in January. The move left local players unable to access titles, including WoW, Hearthstone, Warcraft 3 Reforged, Overwatch, StarCraft series, Diablo 3, Heroes of the Storm, and now, according to Chinese publication, Cine Technologies via WoWed, uh, NetEase has filed a lawsuit against a Blizzard uh, seeking 300 million won, roughly 43.5 million U.S. dollars, to give, to cover refunds uh, for discontinued games and services. All right, that is it for all the news, you guys. Now, crack our knuckles. Maybe uh, you know, crack your neck a little bit if it's a little stiff. Take a sip of water. Take a sip of ma- moonshine. Take a sip of moonshine. I was like, I almost said whiskey, and then I said moonshine 
Take a sip of moonshine. Why don't you? And let's get into our questions, our shout-outs, our comments over from YouTube. You know how it works. You head on over to youtube.com slash Xbox on podcast. You click on the latest episode of the show. Why don't you hit subscribe while you're there? Do me some good, baby. And uh, you leave a comment on the latest episode. You can say something like, three rings are red, ponies are blue, the news is from VGC, but I heard it from you, and then I'll, 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 bl- I'll blush, and then I'll read your comment. Or you can be a total dick. You can say, Jesse, you're dumb. In fact, uh, you're stupid at that. And I'll say, I don't agree with the first part, but the second part's pretty accurate. Um, but nobody wrote in with that, so instead we just got the following nine comments, which we will uh, kick off with Mr. Maug, who writes in about the Xbox Series X performance and says... It's really strange how the Series X is 25% more powerful than the PlayStation 5, yet games run exactly the same or slightly better on PlayStation 5. What's going on here? Also, I'm getting real excited about the Asus ROG Ally, um, which uh, which the Steam Deck, which is that Steam Deck idea, but it's uh, not enough power for me. So if this can come around at $700, I think it would be a win. Oh my god, dude. If this is $700, there's no chance in hell I'm buying it. But I see what you're saying. It, it is a full Windows device, um, so I wonder if they're going to like pump some serious... I mean, that license costs money, so that's all I'm saying. But um, I don't know. I wonder. I, I do wonder what that price point is going to be. I think they got to keep it in the four to $500 range at absolute most if they want to be competitive with the Steam Deck. So we'll see, but I, I am excited for this device too. I don't know if I'll get one yet, but uh, it, it does look good. Um, oh, also, yeah, with the, the first part of your comment, bro, I don't know. I, I Maybe it's that PS5 like proprietary SSD that does all the magic, but it is funny because the Series X is a very powerful machine, seemingly sucks uh because like nothing runs at 60 fps anymore apparently so that's not a great sign ps5 does seem to be doing better with that although i will say keep in mind a lot of ps5 games um are also targeting xbox one or sorry ps4 as well whereas like redfall and starfield are not targeting xbox one so there is that you know where it's like to some extent it's like well this is a next gen only game and we're struggling getting at 60 fps whereas it's like God of War and Horizon, Spider-Man, all these games, they also came to PS4. So maybe it's easier to get those games running their absolute best. But at the same time, I'm still like, I don't I don't care. Microsoft, you you bragged about how this is 4K, 60 FPS would be the new standard, all this stuff, teraflops, and you can't get your games running at a solid 60. So you guys got to figure that out. You, you can't be marketing one way and then, and then doing this shit. You got to figure your stuff out, get it done right. Otherwise, don't come out at all, you know? But anyway, thank you for writing in, Mr. Malik. Hope you're having a great week. And uh, next up, Adam Zess, Adam Zess, Adam Zess, Adam Zs. I don't know. Love your podcast because it makes the weekend. It means the weekend is coming. Your podcast is also okay. And then there's a cat emoji. Well, uh, th- thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. I, hey, if, it, if the podcast helps you get through the weekend, I'll take it. Also, hope you're doing well. Please drink a lot of beer with your cat. Uh, next up, Way of the Lao. He's returned from the dead. He's back. Konnichiwa, Mr. Jesse. I hope everyone is doing well. Best wishes to the family and the Kronkster with his new wife as well. Jesse, why did you not cover Xbox Monster Hunter Rise news this week? If if I don't get my Xbox news from you, where am I going to get it from? Xbox 2? Dealer Gaming? F that shite. And I, uh, I know you're disappointed about Redfall as I purchased it. Makes me sad. Well, guys, take care and thank you for taking the time to read my comment. Wait, Lau, welcome back. It's good to see you again. Um... I, yeah, I didn't know about the Monster Hunter Xbox news, so I apologize if I skip something important uh, two weeks in a row now. That would be, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't mean to disappoint you, sir. I, I do only aim to please. Um, that being said, uh, hey, I don't know nothing about these other Xbox podcasts. 
Is Dealer Gaming the one I did that one time? Uh, I listen. I don't got any beef with any of the other Xbox uh, podcasts out there, so we're not we're not starting that. That's not the, we're not setting a precedent here. Okay, I, I don't listen to the other Xbox podcasts. I'm sure most of them are probably better than this one. Um, my numbers don't lie, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is where you should be getting all your Xbox news because it will make you a schizophrenic freak like myself. So please do keep listening, do keep commenting, and I hope you're well. Let's talk about Halo hot takes. Wes H. writes in and says, Hi, Jesse. My name is Wes, or should I say Bobby Kotick? I like harassing people, which is why I'm about to talk shit about Halo. No. Wes didn't actually say that. He said something far more disturbing. He said the following. I hate to say this because it's sort of a popular, uh, the popular opinion on the Halo franchise, but I played all of them for the first time two years ago, and I did not really enjoy any of the games after Halo 3. Eh, maybe Reach. I couldn't care less if they ever make another Halo. Feels dead. I'd rather focus their I'd rather them focus their attention somewhere else. All right, all joking aside, Wes, as I said to you, I listen, man, I respect this sentiment because part of me like getting on my high horse and using this platform as a constant excuse to like just rant and rave about how Halo 5 is really good and you guys just didn't understand it. You know, the other side of that is just having to also step back and accept the fact that like I'm the outlier. Most people tend to think Halo 4 and 5 and all these things were a misstep and uh you gotta respect it. You gotta you gotta accept and respect that if that's what it is. You know, I don't have to agree with it, but you have to accept it. And so, if you, along with the majority of people, have this overwhelming feeling that like, hey, Halo Four, I don't know what that was, but that wasn't Halo, or Halo Five, that's not that's not the Halo I want. You're entitled to your opinion, just like I'm entitled to mine. So it, it is what it is. And clearly, you know, there's enough people that feel that way that it's it's had a very big impact on the franchise. It's why Halo Infinite is such a kowtow, bend the knee type game anyway to begin with, is because they're trying to they're trying to find a way to recapture this audience that they've lost, and they they can't seem to figure it out. I, I guess at this point, but no, I mean, yeah, you're you're good, man, and and your point's not wrong, especially after Halo Infinite. I'm kind of a little bit with you there for the first time, where I'm like, I. Let's just fucking let 343 do, do something else, man. I, I would love to see them continue with Halo because I think there is still a lot of way to salvage and save Halo, but I just I just don't expect them or Microsoft to, to manage it properly. So, you know, let them do something else. Go make a fucking RTS. We'll see how that goes. All right. Next up. Well, thank you for writing in. Have a great week, Wes, and please eat a lot. Eat a lot of pickles because the vinegar is very good for your body. All right, Sam Torres writes in next, talking about the shortcomings of the box, and says, good show, you always make the effort. It's not, <laughs> it's like giving me an, it's like giving a third grader an A in art because they did the project, but you know they suck. But anyway, I know, I know it's frustrating, our, our console, the Xbox, has so much potential to deliver the way that Sony and Nintendo can. We get brief glimpses of greatness with Hi-Fi Rush, and then we get snafus like Redfall. It's good to see that they are reminding you to remind me that they have let us down. So far, I like 2023 for gaming, but Xbox has started to re- has has to start rewarding my loyalty with more surprises that don't thud. Because the corpo supporter in me gets dragged outside and shot in, by the nihilist in me, uh, <laughs> I want more games and that make me exclaim, "Finally!" Um, as always, Sam Torres, you have a way of, of saying things that's just exactly right. It hits the nail on the head. It captures the sentiment wonderfully. And um, that's the thing is like, I think for so much of us, especially like um, not older, like, you know, like middle-aged men, but like, you know, people who have been a fan of Xbox for a long period of time. Part of what's so frustrating is that we, 
The Xbox 360 years, they existed. We all remember, dude. We remember Michael Bay's Transformers. We remember Linkin Park's What I've Done. We don't forget that there was a time in the mid-2000s, early 2010s, where Xbox was on fire. No one worried about Xbox or if Microsoft was making the right choices or this or that because 360 was fucking on fire. And the thing is, it's like, especially for a lot of us who, who really in, were there for that those days, those earlier Xbox days, it's like, it feels like it was just yesterday, but that was two generations ago. Xbox got fucking clobbered last generation with the Xbox One, and now they're getting clobbered again with the Series X and S. And it sucks because we have, it's exactly what you said, we have seen so much potential. We know that they can deliver, we know that Xbox can deliver what we as Xbox gamers want, the way that Sony consistently delivers what PlayStation fans want. The way Nintendo consistently makes the same Pokemon game a hundred times and, and, and sells millions of units. We know that these companies, and, and I'm, I'm just teasing, I love Nintendo, I'm just, it's just, I'm not going to pass up the opportunity to make the joke, um, but, you know, not not like I'm not playing every fucking Forza again, that's the exact same game. Um, but no, it's like, we, we, we have seen, we saw a whole generation, a whole elongated eight plus year generation where Microsoft fucking killed it, dude. It, it, ugh, every year, the Xbox 360, it had amazing first-party titles. It had an amazing lineup, an amazing pace. It had amazing third-party support. It had amazing second-party support. Remember when Mass Effect was an Xbox exclusive for a while? Like, that kind of shit happened, dude. <laughs> like, oh my god. Like, there was, there, was, there was a time where the Xbox 360 was just like, whoa, Xbox is a serious force to rec be reckoned with. And there were moments in the Xbox One generation where we saw glimpses of that shit. It's like, oh, Quantum Break is so good. Halo 5 is so good. Forza Horizon 3 is so good. Ah, Sunset Overdrive. God, that game is so good. Gears 5. Ah, that game is so good. But they couldn't be consistent with it. And they could never capture the audience they lost. And they could never grow and grow and grow. And they could never get meaningful relationships with Activision and EA and all the third parties to make the Xbox stand out in any way. PlayStation got all the fucking attention that generation and not because they not because you know uh because there's some unfair rule at play here but because playstation fucking focused on you know it's like what i said with the jazz Corden article they focused on their core they said let's focus on getting our teams to make great games for our hardware to move units to move consoles and microsoft is so focused on chasing clouds uh and uh and um fucking buying up all the talent that they can't even figure out how to manage properly that it sucks because we should just be like yes Redfall's coming out any any day now <sighs> but it's at 30 fps and it's always online and uh, they fucked it up they pissed us off okay starfield's coming out in september right starfield that's the rumor september or we, we know it's september okay september 6 okay cool is it going to be 60 FPS? Is it going to be 30 FPS? Is it going to have that weird Bethesda jank? How's that going to go? You know, are they going to give up on it? Where's Fable? Where's the, you know, and again, the thing I'm always saying every week, it spirals on and on. It's like, we've seen you can do it, Xbox. And sometimes you do it. Sometimes it's fucking obnoxious because you have that like developer direct this year, you're like Hi-Fi Rush, super awesome. Everyone's like, this is the way Xbox should be uh, revealing games and doing digital presentations going forward. And then we transition into this shit where we are now. And it's just, it's just, it's always ups and downs. It's never highs. It's just always the fucking, the fucking mix, dude. It's a lot. But anyway, thank you for writing in. Let's talk about Bungie in China. Okay, typical TJ writes in and says, 
Hi, Jesse. Feels good to say hi. I was sick last week. Well, I hope you're feeling better. Glad you're back. Did you know that Bungie is collaborating with a Chinese company, Hypergriff, for uh, for Destiny 2 and, Ar and Arknights? What are your thoughts on this as a Guardian? Oh, and one more thing. I'm sorry to say, but the voice actor for Saint 4 has died. But that's all I got. But keep up the great work. Typical TJ, thank you for writing in. Hope you're having a great week. I do got to clarify because this comment threw me off a bit. I looked up all this. Um, I don't see any news whatsoever about Bungie teaming up with Hypergriff. I don't know who Hypergriff is. I had to look them up. And yes, they do make a Chinese free-to-play mobile game called Arknights. And they do have some relation to um, Mihomo, which is the, um, uh, the, the fucking mobile anime TD game that everyone loves from China, uh, whatever it's called. My mind's blanking out, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about this company and I, I can't find any news about, about them collaborating. So I don't know, man, I'll have to keep an eye out to see as that evolves. Cause I, I, I found nothing about that when I looked it up. Um, al alternatively also Saint 14, the character from destiny Two. I looked that up as well. It looks like uh, there's a rumor that the voice actor that plays the French version for the French narration of the game um, has passed away. But uh, but the American voice actor, um, Brian T. Delaney, he's not dead. I looked that up as well. That was a seems to be a false rumor that was spread around the Internet, but he is uh, seemingly alive and well, knock on wood. So typical TJ. Sorry to just blow up all the logic to your comment, but from what I understand. Where are you getting your news from, dude? That's not that's not something you heard on this podcast, is it? Also, thank you for writing in. I hope you drink plenty of apple juice because while it is high in sugar, it is delicious. And uh, have a great week. All right, next up, Kronky's got a double header. He's talking about the Titan devs of Xbox and says, "Okay, I'm confused. Please help." Everyone wanted a big shakeup at 343 because it was a disaster or whatever. Now a bunch of senior people are outed, which is a shakeup. But now people are saying that the shakeup is a disaster. I got to go ahead and say it again. The audience is the problem. There is no pleasing them. Well, I agree with that. But also, I think there's genuinely a problem at 343 because people are leaving like crazy. Microsoft laid off the narrative team that does campaign. Um, I think there's some valid reason to be concerned and saying the sky is falling over at 343 uh, because the way in which the exodus happened is... Uh, People got fired. <laughs> but uh, no, you are right. Generally with Halo, I, I, I do blame the audience, although the audience has spoken and they say they don't like Halo 4 and 5. Cronky uh, continues on and says, I definitely think that Obsidian is the best get Xbox has ever had, especially for the value Obsidian has provided. Fingers crossed that being a part of a giant organization doesn't start to kill their charm and slow down the machine. I'm playing Pillars of Eternity now, and I hope that we get Avowed before Elder Scrolls 6. I think we will. I think Avowed... I think Avowed's a 2025 game. That's my guess, is that's 2025. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Avowed, so I, I can't even talk about it because I don't... I'm so salty that we can't see the game because <laughs> I really want to play it. But, yeah, I agreed. Obsidian is the fucking GOAT, um, and hopefully they'll be able to continue to be great at getting games out of a consistent clip because God knows their parent company, uh, Microsoft, cannot do that for shit. All right, and finally, we round out with Headhunting Halo, the man, the myth, the legend, who always rounds us out when he writes in, that is. And uh, Headhunting Halo writes in and says, Hi, my name is Bobby Kodak. When women work in my office, I harass them. And when men work in my office, I defend them. Also, I want Xbox to buy us. I think $69 billion is a funny number, and that's how much money they should spend to buy us. The end. Wait, no. Headhunting Halo, I'm sorry. I keep I keep blacking out and doing Bobby Kodak quotes. No, what you actually said was, <clears throat> I hate to say it, but Ubisoft Plus can kick rocks. Why are you? Why did you change your name to Yesterday? I love Second Best. You cannot do that. What do you want? 
what do you what you have to ask your fans and your family first. I'm so freaking pissed about it uh, to have a BF. Uh, happy Mark, you are you going to get Breath of the Wild two? By the way, also Pokemon Stadiums on Switch Online. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ubisoft Plus. I don't think anyone cares about it. <laughs> Uh, yes, to address your thing, I, yeah, I changed my name. Okay, so long story short, my girlfriend used my Steam account like a year ago, one time, to play with her coworkers. They were playing that freaking game with the ghosts or whatever, the paranoia activity. I forget what it's called. I'm not trying to be funny. I genuinely forgot the name. But they were playing that ghost game that was really popular on Steam for a while. And um, she wanted to use my Steam account, and my Steam account was the same name I have everywhere, which is Second Best 4 and she says, that name is stupid and embarrassing. I don't like that. Can I change my name? I said, well, on Steam, you can change your name whenever you want, and they don't penalize you for it. So I guess. So my girlfriend changed my name to Yas today. Like, like Yas. Like when people are like, Yas Queen. Uh, she changed it to that and yesterday combined into Yasterday. Okay? So my girlfriend changed my name to that, and it, it kind of stuck. Kronky saw it, and he was like, why did you change your name to that? That's kind of a funny name. I like it. I'm like, you know what? That is a good name. You see, the problem with hunting a Halo is that my whole life, I've struggled trying to find an online moniker. I've just never been able to come up with a good one. Everyone's got their cool names. They got fucking Ninja or Headhunting Halo or Mavsman or fucking whatever you guys got. You guys all got these cool names you made up. You probably got cool stories about when you were in college. You were in a dorm room and some guy slapped your bare ass with a wet towel and it hurt like hell. But that's what made you the Headhunting Halo that you always have been. And you all got your cool backstories. And I'm jealous, okay? I'm fucking jealous. Let me tell you the origin of my name, okay? I started playing RuneScape when I was in the third or fourth grade. Fourth grade. I was like, what the hell is my username going to be? And my older brother, not Cronky, but our older brother, was like, you could be Sokka Boy. And I'm like, what is Sokka Boy? I know now that he was just copying something from some kid he knew from school, but he told me it could be Sokka Boy, S-O-C-C-A-B-O-I, Sokka Boy. And I was like, why Sokka Boy? That's a weird name. He's like, be Sokka Boy. I'm like, okay. And then he's like, it's taken. I'm like, okay, do 01 or 04 or something like that, right? 04. My favorite number is 4. So that was my name for a long time was Sokka Boy SB04. Then when I was in high school and I was very emo because girls didn't want to date me, I was like, I'm going to start a rock band. I'm going to be emo at the same time. I'm going to learn like four power chords. And I'm going to like scream and try to sound like the guy from Mayday Parade. And then all the girls are going to be like, wow, Jesse, we didn't see this in you before, but you have long hair and we should date you. And so I was in high school and I started a band. And my, and my band's name was Second Best. It is a reference to the song from Rookie of the Year, Deep Cut Emo Band, Rookie of the Year, uh, called The Weekend, where he says in the bridge, the places that you go that are secret places in the back of your mind. You tell me that I'm not... Se- Wait, what did he say? He's like, secret something. I don't even remember. I'm not I'm not 16 anymore, okay? And then I was like, oh, I'm so emo. That's a cool thing to say. I'm going to be second best. It's going to be my rock band name. Um, it was between that and then something weird about Japan. So we picked second best. That was our band name. And then I was like, you know what? I'm 17 now. I can't be Sokka Boy. I got to be second best. And it works because it's still SB04. And so that is how I became second best. And then it stuck. But the problem is I never liked that name. I didn't like that name for a rock band. I didn't like that name for an Xbox moniker. I didn't like that name for Twitter handle. I never liked the name. I didn't like Soccer Boy when I was a kid. I didn't like second best. They all sucked. The problem is I've never been able to come with a cool name before. So I thought about it. I was like, I could sit here forever and ever and ever and try to come up with cool names. And I'll never come up with one I like. Or I can just take this opportunity that God has, God has bestowed upon me where my girlfriend has changed my Steam name to Yesterday, which is, it kind of, it follows like the format of like the popular YouTuber format, right? It's like one word name, something kind of stupid, 
but kind of funny, but kind of memorable. A little like overly stylized and spelled, but still kind of simplistic. I feel like it works. You know, like it, it works. I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm I'm yesterday now. So I've been I've been rocking it on Steam for a long time now, for about a year. And I, and I figured the other day, I'm like, let's fucking do it. Let's just change everything over to yesterday. I don't even like Lightning Extreme, the thing I did for my Twitch channel. Um, so I'm just changing everything over to yesterday because it's fun. You can say like a sassy gay guy, you could be yes queen, and it's it's fun. It might be dated in a few years. It might sound like something from the 2020s, you know, at some point in history, but that's okay. For now, I'm okay with it. It's the closest I've ever gotten to having a fun internet name. So head on thinking, Halo, is that enough of an excuse? Is that enough of a, a reason as to why I changed my name? Are you satisfied with that response? Are you gonna take that all the way to the bank? Are you gonna are you gonna cash that check and have it bounce because I'm good for nothing? Is that what's gonna happen here, head hunting Halo? Are you good? Are you satisfied? Are you happy with your life? Do you go home at night and feel fulfilled? Do you lay in bed next to your wife and say, I'm glad I married this person. Do you have children that you are proud of? Do they play softball? I bet they play softball. Anyway, I, I'm not buying Breath of the Wild 2. I'm sure it's going to be a great game. Um, I played 50 hours of the first one. I thought it was fine. I, I don't want to play another 50 hours of it, but I'm, I know people are psyched about it. I'm sure it will be great. I'm sure it will get 10 out of 10 from every media outlet in the history of the universe, and I'm sure it actually will be a pretty good game, but it doesn't do anything for me, so I'm going to skip that. Uh, I did see that Pokemon Stadium is on Switch online. I did see that. Um, I'm not going to play that either. I played a fuck ton of stadium, uh, Pokemon Stadium when I was a kid, but again, it's one of those things where it's like, when I was a kid, I loved Pokemon Stadium. I loved that little sushi mini game that was so much fun to play, but I, I also recognize I'm 28 years old now and that if I go back and play Pokemon Stadium, I'm not going to feel nostalgia. I'm going to feel frustration because the game probably... Uh, plays like absolute dog shit <laughs> by today's standards, but, uh, head hunting Halo. Thank you for writing in. Thank you all for writing in. Thank you all for being here, listening to my negative ass. I'm waiting for the news to get positive guys. Maybe, maybe, we, maybe soon. I don't know. I'm enjoying Splinter Cell. Minecraft Legends is good. Go play Minecraft Legends. I don't know why people are not talking about this game. It's a good game. And, um, you know, do what, do what you want to do. Don't listen to me. Go eat a, go eat a fat shack or not. Go play Minecraft Legends or don't. Do what you want to do, you know? Go spend time with your families. I know some of you guys got kids. Some of you guys got wives or husbands or partners. Whatever you got going on in life. Go give them a kiss on the cheek and say, that's from Jesse. Um, go go, go pet your kids on the head and say, that's not from Jesse. Uh, because I, I want nothing to do with kids. And then, uh, God, I, I, got, I just got to make sure I don't put myself in a position where this can bite me back later in, the, in life. But, you know, you go go eat the food, do the thing, drink drink the pleasures of life. And uh, until next week, stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Power your dreams. Uh, oh, but actually, slightly overestimate how powerful your dreams are, actually. Just do that. Tell us that you have the most powerful dreams of all time. And then come to find out your dreams only run at 30 FPS. Do that.